0: Welcome, everyone, to our 65th episode of Dini Takeover. Without further ado, let's get into our first segment of the show, which is called the quote of the week. And today's quote of the week is If you love life, don't waste time, for time is what life is made up of.
1: Ooh, Ooh. Ah, that's,
0: that's deep.
1: That's deep, man. That's a that's you know ah that one kind of stung, you know. But to say, but like in a good way, you know, that one hit
0: home. Yeah, does. I'm glad. For one more time for the people in the back, of course. And the quote of the week is: If you missed it, if you love life, don't waste time, for time is what life is made up of. And that was said mm-hmm. by no other than uh, Bruce Lee. Shout out to Bruce Lee, awesome quote. But um. Now let's move on to our next segment of the show, where we're going to go over the NBA games that happened during Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And we start off with the game that happened on Monday, uh, February fourteenth, which is in fact Lover's Day, which is in fact called Valentine's Day. And uh, Eric, a Lover's Day, yeah. And I do have a prediction on this, correct?
1: Yes, you do, David. Do you mind if I take it from here?
0: Of course, I don't mind.
1: so right now, ladies and gentlemen, in the prediction game between me and David for the NBA, obviously, as you guys know,
0: uh, David
1: did win the NFL one. So
0: yes. um,
1: the, unfortunately, David does have the predictions crown um, or the predictions belt, but we're still working out the kinks on that. But uh, what's it called? <laughs> um, as far as everything else goes, we are currently the current score for the NBA one is 102 to 90. Am I correct on that, David?
0: Uh, let me double check for you right now, sir. It is in fact one hundred two to ninety. Yeah.
1: Yes, one hundred two to ninety, David. So he is he is destroying me right now. But hopefully, after this week, when we go over these M- NBA games, um, it'll be different. But um, let's go ahead and dive into it. So the first game David had um picked was on Valentine's Day, February fourteenth, and it was the Spurs versus the Chicago Bulls. And David, you had said that the Bulls were going to win one hundred eight to one hundred three in a close game, five point game. But unfortunately – well, not unfortunately. Your Bull- the Chicago Bulls did win, but it was not close, David. It was one it, it it was like respectable, but it wasn't that close. Um it was 120 to 109 um to the Chicago Bulls, man. Um you did say that DeJounte Murray would have 20 plus points and six plus assists. And DeJounte Murray had 11 assists, David, but he had 19 points, man. So we cannot give you the point for that. Unfortunately, you missed out by one. Oh, that's unfortunate, man. But you do I – did, I did not say this. You do get a point for the team, however, not to score. So let's clear that up right there. So you have one point right now. But you did say that DeMar DeRozan would have 28-plus points. in David, this dude has been on a tear. He had 40 points in this game, bro. 40.
0: He, he, he,
1: he could have almost doubled that, if anything, for what you said, man. So there is your points right there. You get a total of two points, and you improve your score to 104. How are we feeling about that?
0: You Know, I, I like it. Two points adding on to the total. Keep on moving.
1: Love that. Man. All right. Well, actually, I actually don't love that, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> but let's go ahead and go over this game really quick, man. So, to start off, we got the San Antonio Spurs, man. We'll start off with them and lead the team in scoring was actually off the bench. Lonnie
0: Walker, I believe that's the fourth, right? Am I bugging? IV is the fourth, yes. When the when well, I think when the I is. Is in front. You're subtracting it in front. When when the I is in fr- behind the V, you subtract it, and when it's in front of it, you add it. Mm. I, I don't know Roman. was that much, but I know it enough to know that. So,
1: <laughs> that's that's awesome right there. But um, Lonnie Walker, the fourth man. Um, he had 21 points, five rebounds, two assists, one steal, and you know honestly. Congratulations to him for having a good game, but that's probably why they lost this game because he led the team in scoring. So you, you you know where I'm going with that. But let's go ahead and move on to the starters, man. And after that, you had um, tied for second was Doug McDermott and DeJounte Murray, man. Doug McDermott had 19 points, four rebounds, one assist. And DeJounte Murray had 19 points, six rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, and only two turnovers as well. So pretty good game from DeJounte as well. But after that... um. It was just only two, only two other people that was really much in in double digits. It was just Keldon Johnson with thirteen points, and you had um Jacopola with thirteen points. After that, it was pretty much lackluster. But let's go ahead and move on to the winning team, Chicago Bulls. Man, the leading team in scoring was just like the man I said before, um, which was Demar DeRozan. Man, Demar DeRozan had forty plus forty points. Three rebounds and seven assists. He did have three turnovers, but absolutely insane shooting, man. He also shot sixteen for four for twenty four from the field, man. David, can you give me um a percentage on that really quick?
0: That is sixty seven percent.
1: That is absolutely insane, man. That's absolutely insane.
0: One second, hold up, David. I just got a.
1: It's that we look different on the app. Apparently, I think stare app is messing with us again. Hello. For, for what do you mean? Uh, Technical fine. difficulties. I'm about ba- I'm ba- I'm ba- let you know right now. Watch, watch, watch. Um, so I got some intel, right? We'll just say that, right? From somebody saying that we look currently like this. Check your phone really quick. Uh, I mean, we're going to keep the show going regardless, but just check your phone really quick. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if
0: that's
1: the case. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if our faces are completely like. If it looks like we have painted white out on our face, I don't know why. That's not our doing. That's definitely stereo. So, just like, if you kept... Oh, my thinking, gosh. We could just move on from that, I guess, but... I <laughs> what the heck, man? What I, I the heck? <laughs> no clue, man. But hopefully, that's not the case for everybody. But either way, um, <laughs> other, than, other than that, let's go ahead and keep going on. You said, um, what was 16 for 24 again? The percentage? 67%... <laughs> All right, it is 67% from the field. Great shooting. He also was 100% of the free throw, man. That's absolutely insane. DeMar DeRozan, great game. After that, it wasn't just that, man. You had Nikola Vucevic, which, have, which he's been having a great season, by the way, not to mention. um, He had 25 points, 16 rebounds, five assists, one block. He did have five turnovers, though, which is a lot. But either way, he still shot 12 for 24, which is 50% from the field, one for seven from the three-point line, which isn't so good. But um, overall, great game from Nikola Jokic. And then in the third slot, we had Kobe White with 24 points, five rebounds, six assists, um, and only one turnover. Great game for um, Kobe White. Um, he shot six for 11 from the field, um, five for six from the three-point line. He was shooting, he was shooting lights out that that game, man. And seven for eight from the free throw. So great games from them. Um, and there's some like like I guess I um, mentioned you had a um Don Suma with 12 points, four assists, three rebounds, one steal, one block. That's pretty much all she wrote for the Chicago Bulls. But other than that, David, talk to me, man. What was, what was going on in this game?
0: A um, couple things. One thing is that DeMar DeRozan, I got to give props to this guy. DeMar DeRozan's been on a tear. A tear in the last, like, what, eight games or so? In the last five games, he had 36, 35, 38, 40, 38. It just, you can't score less than 35 points, apparently. And it's adding to his MVP race, and he's doing it at the right time as well. And yep. uh, first off, props to, props to DeMar DeRozan. I think he's doing that. that, that um, Zach Levine being out has to do a lot with DeMar DeRozan stepping up and scoring big. I'm not saying DeMar never did this with Zach Levine there, but since Zach Levine's out, you're getting rid of another scorer so now DeMar DeRozan's like, okay, let's bump up my scoring average a little bit. And now he's averaging like 30, 37 in the last, what, eight games or so? It's absolutely ridiculous. But you know, quick props to him. Other than that, if we look at the team stats on both of these teams, um, one of the big, big things that pop out to me is the rebounding. When you look at uh, the Spurs rebounding as a team, they only have 33 uh, rebounds, defensive and offensive uh, combined. And when you look at the the Bulls, they have 53 that's a plus 20 in that category in rebounding. And um, that basically tells the tale. If you get more boards, that means you have more possessions with the ball, which obvious, obviously means more scoring in a sense. But regardless of that, we'll look at the shooting numbers too. Um, the Spurs from three point, they shot 30% from the field and then, from three. And then the Bulls, they shot 42% from three. And this goes to show that the Bulls were on that night shooting and they were on getting rebounds and all that other stuff. But regardless, it just goes to prove that DeMar DeRozan is one of the key factors into this and why they're doing so well as a team, especially without Zach Levine, which is obviously a shocker, but man, they just been, they just been overperforming. They've been, they've been, uh, since uh, Zach Levine left, I was thinking that they might take a little dip in the standings, but right now they're currently sitting pretty at number, at number two, uh, at number one in the Eastern conference. So the Bulls watch out for them because they are looking nice with five game win streak, seven and three in the last 10. And, uh, that is most of them are without Zach Levine, so that's something to look out for with the Bulls team. All right, man.
1: Awesome. That's a great analysis overall, I have to say. Um also I just got intel again. Um just got mm-hmm. um just, it's just saying we are currently back to normal. Like we're no longer Are we? Like, yeah, we don't we don't have whiteout on our face anymore. So we're okay. We love that. We love All that right. <laughs> But um yeah, I couldn't agree more with you, man. The, um not the Jante, the has stepped up tremendously with Zach being out. And I feel like, like you said, it's not the fact that he wasn't doing this before, but it's the fact that he's just doing it even more now, you know what I mean? He's truly just, mm-hmm. like, absolutely going off. with. If DeMar DeRozan isn't doing this, like, if, say, for example, if he's just dropping 25 points, which is still good, you know what I mean? But they probably don't win this game if he's dropping 25 points. You understand what I'm saying? Like... Um, it's just it's so significant to what he's doing because it's it's leading them into wins. What he's doing is literally leading them into wins, you know, and um it's absolutely insane. You gotta remember as well, it's scary honestly, because not only they're missing Zach Levine, but they've been missing Lonzo Ball and um Alice Caruso for a very long time now, you know. So this is another big thing that um plays a fact into it. And these bulls this Bulls team possibly, just possibly might be like and like I didn't really think this to be like really saying this, but are the Bulls really contending for a title right now. Like, are they title contenders
0: when they when they're at full? I mean, I mean, they look legit. They look they look like the real deal. Obviously, sitting pretty at, at the first spot in the Eastern Conference, and I mean, we've been seeing it all season. They've been very consistent and up in that one, two, three spot, and it doesn't look like they're coming down. Pretty much as of now, and. Um, I would say they're definitely one of those teams. Not only can they, can they shoot lights out with uh, DeMar DeRozan and when Lonzo Ball comes back, and Kobe White is a great, phenomenal three-point shooter, and uh, Zach, Levine, Zach Levine when he comes back. And you also got Nikola Vucevic. They got nice players surrounding them. But will they have what it takes to be versus teams in the finals or versus teams in the Eastern Conference like the Bucks or even the Miami Heat, who I think are – a tremendous defensive team and offensive team, well-balanced team, but I think the Heat have gotten unlucky with their recent injuries and all that stuff. But I don't think they can reach that top, top spot yet in terms of reaching the finals or reaching the Eastern Conference finals. But maybe I get convinced after the All-Star break because right now, the way DeMar has been playing, if he keeps it up, then my, my, my mind starts changing a little bit. You know what I mean? But right now, I, don't th- I think they're, they're good enough, obviously. But to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and stuff like that, I don't think so. Okay,
1: all right. So it's it's easy for you. I would say, is it good to say like for you that you don't think that they're gonna go get to the
0: finals as of right now, at least? Yes, as of right now, just because of the fact. I mean, if obviously Lonzo was gonna come back, but with Lonzo and Alex Caruso out, their defense is taking a big plummet in a sense. Like if you look at if you look at this game alone. They co- they combined to force only six turnovers, three steals, and three blocks. So their defense it wasn't getting it done, but their scoring was out out They were outscoring their defense in a sense, which got them the victory. And that's what they've been doing. All
1: right, all right. I like the analysis on that. Um. Also, I want let's I want to talk about the Spurs for a little bit. We we talked about the Chicago Bulls. Oh well. First, I'll give my thoughts on that. You know, honestly, you look at the East, and I know this. The only reason I personally would say that this Chicago Bulls team is, the only reason I could actually give, to say, to, give to, um, to say that the Chicago Bulls team are not in contention for a title this year is because they're a new team. That's literally it. Other than that, I feel like they have everything. I generally feel like they have everything. The question is, can DeMar DeRozan be that guy to lead them to a championship? Can, can DeMar DeRozan be a finals MVP? You know what I'm saying? Because it's going to have to come from one of them. It's gonna have to. It's gonna have to come from Demar or Zach, right? And it's and that's gonna really um, boost someone's. I guess you could say Hall of Fame status or career or legacy. You know what I'm saying? So does does Demar Derozan have that in him? Is he that guy? You know? So that's the only thing that I would say um, as far as them not contending. But other than that, I look at these teams in the East. You know, it's not the only thing. The only team that really scares me. And coming from next fan as well, the um just to be honest, the only team that I really feel like confident confident in right now is the Milwaukee Bucks, cause I just <laughs> I personally feel as if they're one of the most well-rounded team well-rounded teams, if not the most well-rounded team in the NBA, right? And um that's because one they have experience, right? Go they're gonna be going when they go into the playoffs, they're going to have experience, right? Coming off of their their championship season, right? And on top of it all, we know Giannis can get it done. We know Giannis can be that guy for that team, right? And it's just they their chemistry is is unmatched. They're just such they're such a well oiled machine. well oiled machine. They have shooting. They have they have playmaking. They have great defense. Right. It, they just have it all. So it's gonna be really hard to overcome some, a team like the Milwaukee Bucks. But other than everybody else right now, I can see the Chicago Bulls beating everyone else in a seven game series. Even the Nets, Un- until the Nets prove to me like they have been doing better. But until they show their full full roster at its at its full. Um, I can see the Bulls beating us in seven games here, as of right now. You know, so maybe we do see the Bulls get there. But, but for me, I, I, it's between the Bulls and the Bucks for me right now.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you on the Bucks standpoint. I think I, I, said this before, and I'll keep on saying this. I think the Bucks are one of the best teams in the NBA, behind with the Sun, with the Suns as well. And it's funny because those two teams were the, actually the NBA finals of last year. And when you look at it, how can you not? Pick them, they, bis- they basically are pretty much the same team. Great defense, yep. they have great shooting. Now, uh, the only difference is that they don't have a facilitator like Chris Paul, but Drew Holiday is pretty darn close to it, and also, and uh, also, they have Giannis as well doing that, that job as well. But other than that, these teams are two well balanced teams, and I wouldn't be surprised if we have a repeat in the NBA Finals. That'd be absolutely insane, man. But really quick, before we move on, I just want to talk about the Spurs really quick, briefly,
1: right? Um, and just like another reason why they lost this game. I've been trying to get into more more of the plus-minus stat, right? And for anyone that doesn't know, um, David, actually correct me if I, I'm gonna try to explain this, but correct me if I explain it wrong, right? But basically, the plus the plus-minus stat is basically like when they're on the court, if they're um, doing good or bad, in other words, and if it's if it's a minus, it's like not as good as they could. They can be doing it. if it's a plus, it's good. Correct?
0: Yeah, it's basically to measure a player's impact on the game.
1: Yeah. So
0: if you look at it, if you look at the plus minus stat in this game, correct? Um,
1: in in the starting lineup, there's not a single player for the Spurs that um was in the plus. They all were in the negative. You had Doug McDermott with negative 17. You had Kelvin Johnson negative 16. Jakob negative five. Dejounte Murray, negative 10, and Devin uh, Vassell, negative 4. The only person that was in the... They only had two players out of their entire team that that had a plus. And it was Cato um, Bates-Diop and also... um I forgot the, girl, the dude's first name. His name is Primo. Joshua
0: Primo. Joshua.
1: Right? So... Overall, it was just I want to point that out right there just to like show another reason why they did lose this game, even though they had some players put up decent numbers, right? And the shooting looks decent as well, you know. But um, Dave, I have a quick question for you about the Spurs. You know, I know you're a big DeJounte fan. DeJounte, right? yes. Yeah, big DeJounte guy. I'm looking at the Spurs right now. They're twelfth they're the twelfth in their conference, right? Out of fifteen. Um, twenty-three and thirty-six, and they're two games behind um the 10 seed portland trailblazers right and then after that the, the um, what what is it i would say you add two more games to that or a game and a half however it goes they're basically roughly roughly um four games behind or four and a half games behind the los angeles lakers okay so mm-hmm. i ask you being the fact that the teams are basically locked in now there's no more trades being ha- happening right and obviously after the all star break that's coming up this week um it's going to be coming down to the stretch. Do you think the San Antonio Spurs with this roster have a chance in pushing in to the, um, the play-in tournament? Um, no. Where?
0: If so, where? Oh, I answered that right off the bat. I'm sorry. No, I don't think the Spurs have any shot. And I think one of the reasons is because they traded one of their best shooters on the team, Derek White. They traded Derek White to the Celtics. And I, I emphasize this at the trade deadline. I said that was a great trade. That was a steal by the Celtics. And look how they were benefiting from it. But, like, I just don't understand why the Spurs traded Devin White. They got Josh Richardson and Romeo Langford, who haven't played a game since they've been traded for the Spurs. So, in my opinion, I'm thinking the Spurs are just like, okay, let's rebuild, let's work with our young players and develop from there. But, as a, but the way to basically answer your question, will they make the plan? I think no, just because of that trade yet alone. Because that, that takes away their scoring. That takes away their shooting. Dejounte is not really that great at outside shooting, perimeter shooting. Um, you got Doug McDermott who can knock down a couple of threes, but after that, I guess Loney Walker. But there's no one else on this list that is looked at as like, okay, this guy can uh, can drop you nice uh, fifteen plus points, and he can shoot very very well from the field. And there's not there's no name like that on on the the San Antonio Spurs that pops out for me. And that's why I say they really will regret they will regret that that um that white trade. And, um, yeah, man, but I don't think they're going to make it. I don't. Even with a great coach like Greg Popovich, I think that trade said it by itself that they were looking to rebuild and just uh, take it easy this season and go into the next season with their young players. But where will they stay? I'm thinking they might drop down to 13. They might drop down at least one spot because the Kings might overtake them. Okay.
1: All right. Wow. You think that the Kings might go above them. All right. So that means, hey – According to the Oracle, ladies and gentlemen, for San Antonio fans, sit tight, buckle in your seatbelt, cause y'all in for a real rebuilding stage, man. Um, I mean, I agree. I agree. Um th- you know, I was gonna say it's a possibility that they can, but then you mentioned the Derek White trade that Derek White Derek White trade, sorry. <laughs> um the Derek um White trade that um really spoke to me, you know what I'm saying? It's clearly helped the Boston Celtics a lot off that bench. So I agree with you. I don't
0: think they're gonna make the main tournament as well. But um that's a
1: real,
0: real real quick, you look at this game, they shot six for twenty from three. Thirty percent. If Derek White is in this game, what are they shooting? Probably a little better. And the score is a lot closer. Just saying.
1: Mm-hmm. They lost by eleven and um they probably could have at least lost by five if they had Derek White. Maybe even win the game.
0: Pro- possibly, possibly. But uh, I guess they just want <laughs> they want the draft picks, I guess, at the end of the day, right? Maybe. Maybe that's the case. I mean, they already got a star in DeJounte Murray, who I love tremendously. So he's your your build-around piece. You need a big man or a small forward that can work around that. But regardless of that, uh, that's all I have for the Spurs at that moment. But let's move on to Eric's game that happened on Tuesday, February 15th. It was between... The Boston Celtics against the, the Philadelphia 76ers. And boy, oh boy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Eric said that the Boston Celtics are going to win. In a, in a kind of close one. 128 to 123. And Eric, you had it like five-point difference. <laughs> this was, I think this was a 48-point difference. 48-point mm. difference. That's like almost two quarters added up. So the, the Celtics won 138 to 87. So I can give you a point for the team not to score. Um, you also said Jason Tatum was going to have 20 plus points and five plus uh, rebounds, and Jason Tatum had 28 points and 12 rebounds. So I give you a point for that. But you did say that Joel Embiid is going to have 30 plus points, and Joel Embiid only have had 19. So you finish two out of four with that. Brings your overall score to 92. Is currently was 104 to 92. So you gain two points after that. But um. After, Besides that, let's go into the stats of this game because, it, as you can tell from the score, 48-point differential, That's is that considered a blowout or is that just considered like a spanking at that point?
1: No, that's considered JV versus varsity. <laughs> Not
0: that's, even. JV versus college or JV versus professionals at that point. No, like it's, just, it's just terrible. It's just terrible. It's like, were you even there? Did you even show up? But regardless, we'll get into it. They didn't feel like it. They didn't feel like it because they have James Harden on the team now. But regardless of that, let's move into the stats of this game. And the leading scorer of, of the Boston Celtics was, in fact, uh, not Jason Tatum. It was, in fact, Jalen Brown with 29 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and only 2 turnovers. Shot 5 for 7 from 3, which is 71%. And he shot 10 for a 17 from the field, which is 59%. Great game for Jalen Brown. And then right beside him is his, um, his best friend, Jason Tatum with 28 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 blocks, and no turnovers. Uh, He had shot 53% from the field and 50% from three. And uh, he had (laughs) pretty much a a perfect game, in a sense, uh, in terms of turnover ratio and uh, obviously not not turning over the ball and shooting a high percentage from the field. And his plus or minus was 34, (laughs) positive. So, you know, he pretty much dominated in that aspect. But uh, other than that, we move on to – uh, what do you call it? Aaron, Aaron Neesmith off the bench with 18 points, three rebounds, two blocks, and three turnovers. Shot 60% from the field, uh, 67% from the field, and 60% from three. Overall, great game, great numbers from him off the bench. And boy, oh boy, look who it is. The guy who I mentioned on the San Antonio Spurs, who in fact they traded, Derek White, who's coming off the bench for the Celtics, had 11 points and shot 44% from the field. Um, oh wow, they, didn't, they needed those 11 points. <laughs> against uh, the Spurs needed those 11 points against the Bulls, but obviously they traded one of their best guys on the team, which I still can't fathom. But obviously he's helping out Celtics in a tremendous way, and he dropped 11, which adds on to the deficit. And then he had Grant Williams with 12 points as well. But regardless of that, uh, that's all I have for them. Move on to the Philadelphia 76ers team. And the leading scorer was, in fact, oh, my gosh, this is embarrassing. Look at this score line. Uh, Joel Embiid had 19 points, (laughs) 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 block, 3 turnovers. Shot 33% from the field. Uh, And he he scored, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. He scored 13 of his 19 points at the free throw line. 13 of 19 of his points were at the free throw line. Absolutely insane. And and after that, the second highest score was, in fact, your boy, Eric Tyrese Maxey. 11 points, 2 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 turnover. He had shot 27% from the field and 25% from three. And then guess what? Everyone else behind after that is in fact in double digits. Not double digits. Single digits. My bad. But um yeah, it's like it's like no one wanted to play in this sense. And you look at the plus or minus on this team. The the, the play with the, the the worst minus was in fact Tobias Harris with negative 40. And for anyone to know, you want to be on the positive side of plus or minus. That means you <laughs> impacted the, the court and impacted players and also yourself. But, and uh, literally every single person on the 76ers had a negative and a plus or minus. So they didn't impact anybody in this game, which goes to the score of only scoring 87 points, which is a third quarter score. And um, yeah, pretty much that's all I have for that. At the time, the Boston Celtics were on a nine-game winning streak on fire, the hottest team in the NBA. But, unfortunately, they lost yesterday to the Detroit Pistons. But regardless of that, Eric, looking at the Boston Celtics' recent success, uh, do you think they've been rising up? They're currently sixth in the Eastern Conference with a record of 34-26, and they are, in fact, one and a half games behind the fifth spot in the 76ers. Uh, do you think that this Celtics team is legit? you think they're going to actually push for the top four? Um, ooh, Top four? I think the Celtics team is legit. I do.
1: I after the trade deadline, after that trade with Derek White, I think that really changed them, right? And I think overall they've found their groove because we've been saying this kind of for a while. It's like they have a really good team, but they just for some reason just wasn't good in the beginning of the season, and it made no sense, right? They had Ro- they had Robert Williams, who's a good um um paint protector, rim protector, right? And then you had Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, two all stars, literally two all stars. You know what I mean? Absolutely, uh, absolutely, um, great players, and you had great complementary players around them too. You had um, Marcus Smart. You you just had a good team, and they just weren't they weren't gelling. It was it was weird, honestly. So it's good to see that they're gelling now. Not for Nets fans and like you and me and like Knicks fans and certain things like that, but um, in general, like Celtics fans, you should be happy. I think you guys are gonna make a push. However, right, um, they possibly can make the top four. I can see them squeezing in the top four. However, I do not see them going any higher than that. Right. I don't see them going past the bucks or the heat or the bulls. Right. Um, maybe the heat. I don't know. The heat at their best. I don't think they can go past the heat in my opinion. Um, I do think that the nets are going to push up a little bit more, but the nets might not even make top four to be honest this year. Um, because of that big drought that they had, but, um,
0: might benefit oh, us at the end though. It might,
1: it honestly might, but, um, Overall, for the Celtics, they are the they are a good team to look at, man. They got the first round. I don't think they got the second round, right? But um, still a very good team overall, and they might surprise us this this, this year. You know, they might be that sleeper team to really pick on. But um, overall, I just want to put out, pull out, um, point out one thing. So obviously, the plus and minuses on this game are going to be insane because they they beat them by forty eight points. You know what I mean? Like the buses, mm-hmm. like the the negative negative forty from Tobias Harris is crazy. You know, like that that's that's unheard of. Usually in like plus or minus, ladies and gentlemen, it's not that big. Like it might be double digits, but like you might see like 13, 15, you know, not forty, not twenty. That's ridiculous. So, um that it's always gonna be out of out of um out of like they're gonna be bigger than usual, right? But I wanna focus on one thing that you kinda mentioned before, but I wanna bring out this one stat, right? So we were just talking about how the Pacers, not the Pacers, the the San Antonio Spurs lost that trade with Derek White. Right, and how he's a big factor now. I want to mention, granted, you know, the, the plus or minuses are going to be out like a little bit um higher than usual, but however, right, in that Spurs game when where they versus the Bulls, there was only two people in the pluses, everyone else, everyone else was in the negatives. Okay, you look at this game, Derek White, he only had 11 points, um, two assists, one rebound, one steal, one block, one turnover, right? Very like, but very efficient game overall, right? He just did well from the three point line, however. His, he has the highest plus on the Celtics with 41, okay? Now, I'm not saying you going to put plus 41 for the Spurs, okay? But the Spurs could have most certainly used Derek White, man. I don't know why they traded him away. Derek White is a great addition for this team. It's so clear. It's so crystal clear, man. So, that's just another thing I want to point out, man. Plus 41
0: is crazy. Crazy, man. It's absolutely insane, and it basically shows how much he impacted that game. Even though he only played for 27 minutes and it was a blowout, he still was the highest plus on the team, and the highest plus in the whole game, actually. So it just goes to show how important and how crucial of a piece he is to this team. And I will continue to say it. I will forever say it. And um, I think they basically stole from the, the Spurs. They stole Derek White from the Spurs. They gave him Josh Richardson and Romeo Langford. Okay, Romeo Langford's an okay player, but he's still a young player. He doesn't get minutes. So you trade him. You still have guys, and you got guys like Daniel Tice, Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Nismith that can produce numbers. He dropped 18 in this game. And uh, you gain Derek White in that trade. And um, when you look at the Celtics team, what is one guy they had last year that was very productive for them? And he's on the New York Knicks right now. His name is Evan Fournier, if you don't know that. Evan Fournier was primarily their shooter on Boston. And he went to the Knicks in the offseason. Now, in the start of the season, the Celtics were kind of missing that one shooter. And what did they get at the trade deadline? They get a shooter in Derek White. He's not averaging insane numbers. He's driving. He's averaging 14 points and five assists a game. But his defense is really good as well. He's just stealing a block in this game. So, like I said, they stole Derek White from the Spurs. And uh, with that trade, I think that's the reason why the Celtics are this good. A couple weeks ago, we were looking at if either Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum were going to get traded from the Celtics because they said they weren't going to fit, they weren't fitting, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're looking like one of the hottest teams in the NBA just because of one-player addition. Obviously, there's more factors into it, but having a player like Derek White and uh, being a shooter like Derek White, I think it's tremendous to this Boston offense and defense because you can produce numbers on that end as well.
1: Oh, yeah, and just another thing quickly to add, you know, as of, I'm a little bit biased now, ladies and gentlemen, so... I mean, just brace yourself. You know, I mean, I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, so seeing Philadelphia lose their first game with Harding like this, even though Harding wasn't on the court, you know, but like, ah, oh, it just it just it just it just made me so happy. It just made me so happy. But I want Tyrese out of there right now. Someone save Tyrese. Save Tyrese, man. Unless he's learning from Harding, I don't want Tyrese on this team, bro. I need Tyrese on the winning team.
0: Tyrese, I man, mean. I mean, I, Joel Embiid's already learning from Harden with that, that crazy step back that is <laughs> it's just, disgusting.
1: Did you see the way that he tried it and he called it
0: trash? <laughs> he took, like, 25 steps.
1: Oh, my gosh. That was hilarious, bro. That was so <laughs> hilarious. But, hey, man, at least – you know, I actually like that from Joel Embiid because instantly you can see him trying to add more to his bag. You know what I mean? That's awesome for me. Like As a player, as a student of the game, you know what I mean? Just constantly can never stop learning, you know? And he's, all, he's looking for – Joel Embiid's bag is already crazy big, you know what I mean? Like, as a big mm-hmm. man, he can find so many different ways to score. It. So, for him to add – if he adds that to his bag and, like, really bashes it, bro, oh, my gosh. He, my he, only
0: – good. My only problem with that is that if he gets too too focused on that shot and he ruins the rest of his game, you know what I mean? We do that. I don't,
1: see. The thing is, I think Joel Embiid for for him, it would be more or less like he would um he would attempt it like he did in the game, and then it won't, if it doesn't work, he won't go back to it because their team is like losing that much. But in events where he can, you know what I mean, in event like you don't do that in a, down the stretch where you're not used to it, you know what I'm saying. But like mm-hmm. in a like, in second quarter, third quarter type of or like first quarter, you could you could chuck one of those up really quick, try to try to do the move really quick, just test it out, you know. So. I do like that part from it.
0: Yeah, maybe James Harden is forcing him to do it <laughs> nah, <laughs> every game.
1: Uh, if he is, the James Harden needs to. Oh my gosh. I needs
0: needs to, be, needs to be traded again for the third yeah, time?
1: Traded, traded to the G League. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> nah, he's,
0: he's still a good player. player. He's still a really good player. Yeah. But um, yeah, I agree with Eric. It's nice seeing the 76ers get destroyed and spanked in this game which is basically music to our ears as Brooklyn Nets fans. But, uh, Eric, you know, the Boston Celtics, they won by 48 points. And, um, you know, I can only think of one team that could actually blow a 48-point lead, Eric. And it's actually our (laughs) next game that we're going to discuss right now. And the only team, ladies and gentlemen, tell me if you guys know this, but the only team that I'm thinking of that can blow a 48-point lead (laughs) is, in fact, the game we're going over with, which is, in fact, the New York Knicks. Versus the, the Brooklyn Nets. And, oh, oh my gosh, we got a problem in New York. Not with the Brooklyn Nets, but the New York Knicks. They've been blowing leads gosh. left and right. It's absolutely disgusting. But Eric, I'll let you take it away because it's in fact my prediction.
1: Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, I am so happy to talk about this game right here. For anyone who doesn't know, I am strictly a Brooklyn Nets fan and nothing more. I do – and the teams I don't like the more – the most. oh, my gosh. The <laughs> most is the the 76ers, the Boston Celtics, and the New York Knicks. The only time I probably will ever – no, I never vote for the New York Knicks. The other day, I felt some type of way. I was telling David, I'm like, why am I, like, attracting to the Knicks? That's only because the Nets were doing bad, right? But, bro, the Knicks, I will never, ever like the Knicks, bro. And this – brings music to my ears this way here
0: man and David, I'll let you explain to people um what who, who you're fans of really quick just take like, really. uh, I'm a New York fan so I'm a fan of Brooklyn and New York Knicks don't don't come after me because I'm no bandwagon. <laughs> Obviously, you can't be a bandwagon of the Knicks um, <laughs> but yeah, Nets fan since New Jersey days so
1: oh my gosh man. I I can't. Oh, also, just to mention, I'm not a bandwagon fan of the Nets either. I've been a Nets fan. David's been a Nets fan actually longer than me, right? But I don't think it's by much in a sense. I I became a fan around like 2013, 2014, Mm -hmm. right? But either way, let's go over this game, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my. The Battle of New York. So, David, you predicted, and this makes it 10 times better because I hope you never, ever pick the New York Knicks. In the battle the, in the battle of New York ever again because David predicted that the Knicks would have would win one thirteen to one ten, and David I'm sorry well no I'm not sorry because the Brooklyn Nets won one eleven to one oh six so you do not get a point for the team nor the score my friend however you did say that Julius Randle will have um twenty plus points and six plus rebounds and Julius Randle got you that man he had thirty one points and ten rebounds as a whole man. So you do get a point for that. And you said that Patty Mills would have 20-plus points. And Patty Mills only had eight. So you can't wait for that either, man. You come out with one point out of that prediction. That improves your score up to 105. The score is currently 105 to 92. David, how do you feel about that prediction right there?
0: Uh, What do you think, Eric? I got one out of four points. Um, my, my, my My Nets team won, which I'm happy, but also my Knicks team lost. So I'm kinda of upset about that. So I'm I'm feeling kind of mid right now.
1: Okay. Alright. Alright. Well, gosh, I have so much to say about this game. You have no idea. I watched, oh my oh, I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy. I don't think I've ever been this happy about reviewing a game. I don't think <laughs> I actually But let's go into it. We'll start off with the win team the Brooklyn Nets and leading the team in scoring was our rookie. Our rookie Cam Thomas, man. He had, he was twenty. He had twenty-one points, four rebounds, two assists. Um, he did shoot nine twenty-one. That's because he started off cold, so he didn't really have a great shooting night. But, ladies and gentlemen, you'll understand all those twenty, those twenty-one points. Oh, more than half of them came in that four, in the fourth quarter, and we all know why they came in the fourth quarter. It's because the Knicks can't defend in the fourth quarter. They don't play basketball in the fourth quarter. Come on, that's overrated for
0: them. But, sixteen um, points in the fourth to be. But
1: <laughs> sixteen points from K. Oh my gosh, I have a stat. Oh my, I just created a stat. All right, I'm going to go
0: over it really i go- <laughs> You just created a stat? Why? No,
1: not a stat, but I have like a stat that I could say now, right? But overall, um let's go ahead and go into the next um high score which was another another than Seth Curry man, he had 20 points, 6 assists, 1 rebound, 1 steal and two turnovers man. He also um he also shot 50% from the field. Um, he shot six for nine from the three-point line. So great game from Seth. And then right after that, you had um Lamarcus Aldridge off the bench with 18 points, 10 rebounds, great double-double, one assist. Um, he, and he also shot 50% from the field. Um, and that was pretty much all she wrote for that for the top two scorers. Also, some other mentions you had Andre Drummond. Oh my gosh, dude, he had 11, he had 11 points and 19 rebounds. 19. And he had two assists and a block to go along with it. Great game for him. Um, you had um, um, James Johnson as well, man. 14 points, seven rebounds, five assists, one steal. He did have three turnovers, and he did foul out the game, but still um, decent game from him. And um, that is pretty much all she wrote um, from the Brooklyn Nets, man. But let's go ahead and dive into the New York Knicks, guys, man. And leading the team in scoring was Julius Randle with 31 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, one steal, two blocks, and four turnovers, right? On the stat line, that's a great game, honestly. That's not on the stat line wise. That's a great game, right? But we'll break it down for you on why he like kind of plays good and slash bad, right? So, David, give me the give me the percentage of this. He shot ten for twenty two. Give me the percentage of it, quick,
0: Forty six percent.
1: Forty six percent for the field, which is not bad. You know, just um just four percent under fifty, so not bad. Um, he shot fifty percent from the three point line again, not bad. He shot some free from the free throw. Overall, not a bad game for Julius Randle, right? And then after that, you had um, off the bench, you had IQ, Emmanuel quickly with 18 points, six rebounds, four assists, one steal, two turnovers. He shot 70% from the field and four for seven from the three-point line. Again, he had a a pretty good game as well coming off the bench. And after that, on the third person, you had um, Evan Fournier with 16 points, two rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, and one turnover. He shot six for 17 from the field, four for 12 from the three-point line, um... Overall, not terrible stats right there, and then after that, there's not really much arguments that you can really say for the Knicks. Um, so we'll move on from there. But ah, oh, David, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna let you go first, man, since you're a fan of both.
0: But I cannot wait to talk about this game. Go ahead, go ahead, man. Talk to us. Uh, yeah, it, it was a good, it was an interesting game to watch. Obviously, I didn't turn it on until like halftime, and I saw the Knicks blowing out. The, the, the Nets by like at least 20 plus points by halftime. And you know what? As a Knicks, on my Knicks side of things, as a Knicks fan, I was like, I was still kind of worried. You know, you can't sit, you can't sit relaxed with the New York Knicks up 20 points, especially when they know that there's a fourth quarter coming. Uh, like Eric mentioned, a fourth quarter that the Knicks don't know how to handle. And um, regardless of that, I, um, that was just a chaotic thing. But the Knicks, obviously, they blow another lead. Oh, my gosh. They had more blown leads this season than they, they did uh, guys in double figures in this game. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I have to give credit to Julius Randle. I know Eric's going to say, oh, you know, um, Julius Randle, he's probably going to not bash him. But you, you said his numbers are good, but it doesn't show to the game. I, I think Julius Randle had a great game. I just think the only problem is when it gets to the fourth quarter— he played 38 minutes, 37 minutes in this game. When he gets to the fourth quarter, he gets tired because he's the only guy holding the load. And and quick little uh, fun fact, if you guys didn't know this, Julius Randle has played 350-plus more minutes than anyone else in the NBA. If you didn't know that. 350-plus more minutes than anyone else in the NBA. Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, my gosh, man. Love Shout out him. to Tom Thibodeau. Like, it, just, it just brings more reason as to why we should, get, we should move past Tom Thibodeau. Not only that, that's just one example. Another example is that you put Taj Gibson towards the end of the game when you guys have guys like Mitchell Robinson, maybe even Obi Toppin, a young guy who only got 10 minutes in this game, that we need these guys to prosper. And how do you get them to prosper? By playing them in big-time moments like this. And to have them sit on the bench and have the veteran guys who are 30, uh, like 57 years old, I'm kidding, 38, 37 years old, it's just, they're not going to get, they're not going to develop into anything, those guys. But you have young talent like Cam Reddish, Obi Taubin, Emmanuel Quickly that need minutes in order to thrive. And when a coach like Tom Thibodeau, who is a veteran heavy coach, meaning that he will play more of his veterans than he will his rookies, it's kind of worrying for our development in Brooklyn, not Brooklyn. A development, a development in New York at the moment. But real quick, talk about the fourth quarter of the Knicks. <laughs> what else can I say? It's, it's, it's pretty much the New York Knicks. Uh, if you talk about one of the worst fourth quarter teams, the New York Knicks are probably at number one. If you look at the box score, the Knicks, first quarter, 38 points. Second quarter, 27 points. Third quarter, 22 points. Fourth quarter, 19 points. It's like they only play one half of the NBA. It's like they only know how to play one half, either just the first half or the second half. You can't have both. If you're a Knicks fan, it's, um, it's impossible, but um, regardless of that, they can't finish the fourth quarter. And like I said, in a couple episodes ago, I think the main reason why the New York Knicks are struggling and the main reason why they're struggling, especially in the fourth quarter, is because they don't have a guy like uh, Derek Rose to have a veteran presence like Derek Rose, one of the most crucial guys, especially in, in crucial moments down the stretch and the guy who can hold the ball, make you relax, Slow down the time is essentially be the facilitator and be the leader on the court and uh, especially in fourth quarter moments when things get tense, they don't really have that right now. Like Julius Randle, he's trying to, he gets doubled sometimes, so he throws the ball. It's sloppy basketball, and I feel like when you had Derrick Rose and this is why they were successful last year when you had Derrick Rose, he slowed down the game for them in the fourth quarter, which made it easier to come and get victories. So Derrick Rose has a huge part into why. Derrick Rose's injury has a huge part to why the Knicks aren't doing well right now, but hopefully when he comes back after the All-Star, he will change that script for them and make a uh, late playoff push. But I rambled on the Knicks, my apologies, but on Brooklyn real quick, real quick, I think this is a positive, don't you? Come back from 28 points, the largest in franchise history in the last 25 years, is absolutely insane. Especially do against your rivals, the Knicks, and now be considered the kings of of New York, is absolutely awesome, especially for rivalry stance. But other than that, it's great to see new additions like Seth Curry and Andre Drummond kind of just fitting in. It's like there's no improvement. Like they're literally just sliding their puzzle pieces right into the, the mix-up puzzle and they're forming a beautiful art project. Like they're literally, Seth Curry, 20 points. Andre Drummond, a double-double, 11 points, 19 rebounds, one steal, one block, no turnovers. It just goes to show that these additions were worth it and they're making Brooklyn a much better team.
1: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I ah uh, listen. All I'm gonna say, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm sorry. I have to go off. I have to. Okay. This is there's nothing more. There's nothing that there's nothing else that brings so much joy to me than beating the Knicks in the New York in the in, in the battle in the battle for New York. Right. That's what it. That's what it is, man. That's oh. I, I I'm so happy. I'm literally so happy. But how long have I been saying? That the New York Knicks were not better than the Brooklyn Nets. How long, bro? Because we won an eleven-game losing streak, okay? And everyone was like, "Oh, and the Knicks won one, two, or three games in a row." Everyone was like, "The Knicks are better than the Nets. The Knicks are better than the Nets. The Knicks are better than the Nets." And I was like, "No, they're not. Because we we're on an eleven-game losing streak, and they still not be able to come. They're not able to come above us. Why? How I've been saying as well?" The Knicks play three-quarter basketball, bro. The first three quarters, if the Knicks don't have 120 points, you don't have a chance of winning. As of right now, you don't. If the Knicks do not have above 100 points within not, – not even above 100. If they don't have above 100 at least 15 points within the within the third quarter, going into the fourth, you're probably not going to win the game. I'm just going to be 100% with you right now. That's how bad they are in the fourth quarter. They cannot close out games. They just can't. I literally witnessed them crumble so badly against the Nets. And now, I'm going to start off with the Knicks. I'm going to talk about the Knicks really quick, okay? First of all, I want to say this, right? David said, I'm probably going to bash Julius Randle. I'm actually not going to. I'm actually going to literally kind of agree with you, David. I think Julius Randle had a great game, right? Um, I think he played very well. I don't think you can say that he played bad. However, ladies and gentlemen, Julius Reynolds plus minus is negative nine. Now, the reason it's negative nine is only because of that fourth quarter. Literally, okay? Every other quarter he played great. First, second, and third played amazing. Excuse me, sorry. Absolutely great game for him, right? But overall, when it came to the fourth quarter, he just couldn't do anything. I think he made one shot in the fourth. He literally could not do anything in the fourth quarter. It was insane. Let, not just, but it wasn't just only him. It was everybody on the team. It was everyone on the team. Only time someone wanted to make a shot was at the end when Evan 48 drained that crazy three for no reason, right? It was, it was crazy. It was other than that. No one could make a shot in the fourth quarter. And this is what the Knicks are known for. You know, like, it, at this, at this point in the season, this is what they're just known for. You can't, you can't go a full game or you can't go three quarters and just stop playing. Right, and yes, you could say people are tired and this and this and that. Right, however, Cam Reddish was in the fourth quarter for a good amount of time. Right, there was other players that were getting that were getting minutes in the fourth quarter. Um, Todd Gibson, because Mitchell Robinson had 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 was in foul trouble. Right, you had Quinn Grimes in the court. You had Evan Fournier in the court at times. Um, Emmanuel quickly, who was draining a lot of threes between the first and third quarter. Right, mostly third quarter, he was killing us. Right. However, when it came to the fourth quarter, there was not one single person on the Knicks that could get it together. Not one. Let well, the fact i am looking at Tom Thibodeau as well. Like you gotta get your—you have to be able to have your team in shape to have three back-to-back-to-back games, blown leads everywhere, everywhere, bro. It's just it, and they're insane. This one was a 28-point lead, a 28-point lead at one point, and they lost. They lost. I want to I pull up a stat. First of all, shout out to Cam Thomas because he's the real reason why we came back, right? Plus every plus Bruce Brown. You know, it's not just Cam Thomas, but he played a humongous part, right? Cam Thomas, is, he shot 9 for 21. However, his 21 points, his six, 16 of them came in the, in, in, um, the fourth quarter. Now, I want to read you the quarter-by-quarter quarter, um, numbers really quick. First quarter, New York won 38 um, to 18. They dominated first, us um, first quarter. Second quarter. They won. They won twenty-seven to twenty-six. Mind you, also, um, me and David heard in the same. We're in this, like little group chat with our friends, right? And we talk about. We have one. We have David that's the Nets fan and the Knicks fan, right? And then we have one guy in our group chat that um is just a Knicks fan, and then we, it's it's then it's like three other Brooklyn Nets fans, including myself, right? So in other words, we we're like talking during the game, and like oh, the one Knicks fan, he's talking so much trash, right? He's like he's like oh my gosh, we're up twenty points, we're gonna beat you guys, you know what I mean? And I literally said from the first quarter, I was like, it's funny how you guys actually think the game is already done. Even the second quarter, I was like, it's crazy because I'm not even worried because we're going to come back in the fourth because you guys can't hold the lead. I'm like, and then when the third quarter came, I was like, you guys better hope that you score enough points to keep this lead because you guys are not going to be able to hold the lead. Right? When like, what happened? They choked. Right? But let, let's, I'm going to keep going on. Second quarter, the Knicks were, um, the Knicks had 27, it was 27 and 26 Knicks. Third quarter, it was 29 to 22, Brooklyn. Still respectable, right? Only seven points. So the Knicks are still up, right? Fourth quarter, 38 to 19, Brooklyn. 38 to 19 in the fourth quarter. Ladies and gentlemen, as a whole, the New York Knicks scored 19 points as a team in one quarter, okay? Cam Thomas in that one quarter scored 16 points. Let that let that sink in. Okay. Cam Thomas was outscored by the whole New York Knicks team in the fourth quarter only by three points. Guys. He was five he was five feet wanting them. He literally was He, he could have almost he could have literally like single handedly almost outscored the entire Knicks roster on in the fourth quarter. That is atrocious from the New York Knicks. It's absolutely putrid, bro. The New York Knicks need to figure this situation out, bro. This, it's not it's not, it's not not even a joke anymore, right? I mean, it's a joke for me. But, like, overall, this is just bad. It's just bad basketball. Now, granted, you can say if RJ's in this game, it might be a little bit different. You know what I mean? I think 110%. I told this to David the other day. I think if D. Rose isn't injured, I think this team is above 500. I really do. I, I think some of their losses just don't happen. This loss doesn't happen if D. Rose is on the court. I feel like he's able to control the team and keep them like keep them poised in some type of way. Would not you say the same David or no?
0: Yeah, I said it before. 100%. That's the main reason why the Knicks have been struggling in the fourth quarter because they don't have a guy like Derrick Rose who slows down the game for them. See, that that's like that that
1: we agree on that part, right? And I'm just like, trying to speak non bossily and like not to bash the Knicks or anything like that, right? But this is bad. Like they in my opinion, if they continue <laughs> like this, they could be really good for three quarters for all I care. They'll be one of the worst teams in the league. They will if they can't hold leads out. Right? There's only a couple teams that I can think that are worse than them. And that's the the, the Magic or, the yeah, the Magic, the Rockets, and the Pistons. Right? I can guarantee that are the, the Knicks are, are better than Other than that, bro, every other team I feel like can, can compete with these guys. And that's bad to me because this team was made the playoffs last year. You know they were they were really they were a decent team they were a respectable team last year they were so it's it's a really bad drop off I don't know what needs to happen I'm actually gonna ask you that in a couple seconds David so be ready for that but I just want to really <laughs> touch, I want I want to touch base on the um, Brooklyn Nets really quick obviously me as a Brooklyn Nets fan I'm really happy with this W I'm um, really happy that Cam Thomas was able to lead us out of all people you know what I mean like. Um, it's really big for the rookie. You know what I mean? For him to really come out and just and just lead the team, um, especially when you have a team when you when you have people like Kevin Durant watching you, and and I mean Ben Simmons, not that, he's not that he's not that credible not not that um credible anymore. But um, when you have someone like Kevin Durant watching you and wanting you to take over that game, you know,
0: and Kyrie it, too.
1: Ky- yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's big. It's a big moment for you. You know, to be able to really put that team on your back for someone like Kevin Durant and Kyrie who usually put the team on their back. You know, so big moment for Cam. I'm really proud of him, really happy for him. Amazing accomplishment for him, man. Um, as far as everyone else goes, Andre Drummond plays a humongous part in this team. It's absolutely insane. Um, Seth Curry, um, again, another player that really just... I love seeing Seth Curry in a bigger role. You know, I mean, granted, his role is going to drop. Um... He's, well gonna, he's also gonna drop when all the when Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons get in the game. You know, Kyrie obviously plays, but um, Steph Curry, man, he's I love seeing him really trying to like lead the team, you know, and not just play isoball ball at James Harding, right? You know, so <laughs> overall, man, I was just really proud of this team for for them to come back. Um, and great game, great game overall. But David, first of all, do you have any comments on what I just said on like I, like that whole rant? Sorry.
0: No, I pretty much I agree with you. Pretty much me and you have similar points. Uh, Knicks are embarrassing right now, and it's embarrassing to be a New York Knicks fan. But on the bright side, as a Brooklyn Nets fan, you're like, man, this, this is this is looking like we, we benefit from the trade, and the pieces are falling right into place.
1: You know, and let's not get twisted, though. Let's not get twisted. The Brooklyn Nets have not really versed any real comp yet. You know, they're versing the Wizards right now, and this is probably the best test that we're going to have since the trade. Right now we are up by one point, right? But overall, this is probably the best test that we have so f- yet, um, yet, um, so far. You know what I mean? So we'll see what how this how tonight goes as well. Let's see if the Brooklyn Nets can keep it going. But um, David, what needs to change for the New York Knicks, man? Is it Tom Thibodeau? Is it Julius Randle? I'm like I'm just like thinking, putting like suggestions that I've been hearing a lot. But is it Julius Randle? What? Who is it? What is it? Is it the whole team? Like what? What changes need to be made? Is it the, well, we know
0: it's the front office, but like, what's it called? Um, yeah. Other than that, man, give us something. Um, this is a tough question because obviously, as a New York Knicks fan, I like Tom Thibodeau. I like the way he coaches, but he is part of the problem. Um, a couple weeks ago, if you asked me the same question, I would have said, I would have denied it and said, no, I think he's a great coach and I think we should keep him. But. As of right now, and nothing formulating that's new, and it's literally the same old New York Knicks, it's kind of frustrating, and I have to put a lot of that on the coach for the way he is coaching this team, the way he's not putting young players into the game and developing them. I think it has a lot to go on Tom Thibodeau. But regardless of that, I think he's one of the problems, too. He's got to change it, or he's got to get out of here, either one. But I don't think Julius Randle is a problem, and I will say this confidently. As of recently, even though he's he's averaging 20 points to 10 rebounds and five assists a game, even though those aren't the same numbers that he averaged last year, those are pretty, still pretty good numbers. And as of recently, in the last seven or eight games, he's been, he's been having around 28, 30 points per game, double-doubles, and sometimes triple-doubles. So he's been, the last eight games or last 10 games, he's been back to Julius Randle form his last year. So if that goes to show that even when he's back to form in the last 10 games, and the Knicks are still losing, then it kind of goes to show that it's most likely not Julius Randle's fault as well. But I think, I think I'll think i say it again, I think D. Rose, not having a veteran guy like D. Rose, and you're probably like, oh, it's just one player. How much can one player impact? I mean, you're seeing it right here, impacting a fourth-quarter game, and not even the whole fourth quarter, just the last four minutes, the last, the crucial minutes of a game. And they have no guy to really go to that can dribble out the ball, facilitate. And that's why they're missing out on D-Rose. But the Knicks, they have to do a lot of changes and they got to do it fast because currently they are 12th in the Eastern Conference with, uh, I think, one and a half games behind the 10th spot. Uh, I'm sorry, three and a half games behind the 10th spot in the Atlanta Hawks, which is still possible. But hopefully they find something in the, in the All-Star break weekend and uh, they start clicking because right now it's, it's embarrassing.
1: You know, but I have to ask you a question, man. I know that the stats... And, like, the way he's, honestly, the way he's been playing it hasn't been bad, right, the last eight games. But I got to ask you, man, the fourth quarter, he crumbles. He crumbles so bad. Like, can we really truly say that Julius Randle is back to that all-star form that he was last year? Because last year he was able to at least contribute in, in, late, in late, um, late scenario, in late game scenarios. This year and he's what, still out of bounds. And
0: why is that? Huh? And uh, why is that? You think, it's because, you think it's because of Tom Thibodeau? I think it's because he's playing a lot of minutes, but not even that because he was playing a lot of minutes last year. But what did I mention? That one guy, Derrick Rose, because now in the fourth quarter, guess who's taking up the ball? Julius Randle. Back then, last year, who was taking up the ball? Derrick Rose in the fourth quarter. It puts Ooh. a lot of pressure on Julius Randle, which he begins to panic when he has double teams on him most of the time. And either he gets too aggressive, causes a foul, or he turns the ball over.
1: All right, so okay, I see what you mean. So in other words, the Knicks just need to just need to hope and pray that Derek Rose just heals faster. That's all. <laughs> <did>. <laughs> put some
0: icy hot on Derek.
1: You put some icy hot. Do some icy heat for eighty hours, and then you'll be okay. <laughs>
0: but exactly,
1: hey man, I love that take. I love that conversation. Honestly, I feel like we really covered a lot on that game. Um, that was a really big mm-hmm. game, man. Um, really important overall. But um, before you move on, David, we do have an audio message. Do you mind if I play it really quick?
0: Of course, I was ready for you to say "of
1: course." <laughs> yeah,
0: I always say it. Just, just keep on, just keep on waiting for me to say it. I'll, I'll continue to say it until the day we, the day I die.
1: Love it, love it, man. Um, but it's from my boy, Mr. Motivations, man. Yes, sir. It's, shout out to you, man. Thank you for popping out to the show. Uh, once again, man, we appreciate you. Um, and let's go ahead and play your audio message. Here we go.
2: what up? I don't have no intro because I was late because I was cooking and phone calls and everything. Oh, nice. But uh, what up? Eric Hines, D-Ride or not. It's your boy. It's Mr. Motivation in the building. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? But I do got something for you. I got something for you. Just for you, David. Just for you. Okay. (laughs) Horrible. No KD, no Kyrie, no Ben Simmons, and you lose a 28-point lead courtesy of a rookie. By the name of Cam Thomas who's decent, probably good, 16 points in the fourth <laughs> quarter, the New York Knicks are trash. At Spike home? Lee Spike, Spike Lee shouldn't even show up for the rest of the season. Tracy Morgan don't go. Don't go.
0: Nobody goes. You're horrible. I am, I'm so done with this team. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Ah! And, he, and every New York Knicks fan, like Stephen A., has a right to be mad. Because this is embarrassing, man. This is embarrassing. They play oh, three-quarter man. basketball. And um, it's just, it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating to put into words.
2: You know,
1: I think they're trying to do the new method of three-quarter basketball. I think they're trying to implement it to the NBA. In other words, play as hard as you can. Or not even. Play three-quarters of basketball. Try to get a fat lead. And if you don't, just take the L. Just take the L. Just literally take the L. That's all you can do.
0: Yeah. Uh, the way they've been playing. They, they they go so hard for, like, two quarters, three quarters, and then all of a sudden the intensity falls off because you're so tired in the fourth. And that's when they lose it.
1: It's so crazy because, like, well, I'm not going to say as a New York Knicks fan cause I'm not a New York Knicks fan. Definitely
0: far from it. But, like,
1: for you, David, like – being a New York Knicks fan for you, right, you guys can go into the second quarter with a 10-point lead, and you're like, oh, no, that's not enough. Like, that, it, that, yeah.
0: Like no, that's 100%. Crap. That's 100% of the mentality it is because we don't have a closer. If Derrick Rose is in the game or a veteran that can lead, and if Julie, Julius Randle is calmer in the fourth quarter, I would be like, okay, we, we kind of got this. But we don't have that right now.
1: Hey, Amen.
0: All right, well. That's all
1: I got to say on that. That was my last game to go over, so I throw it back over to you, my friend.
0: Beautiful, and uh, we go over the same day, which is Wednesday, February sixteenth. And Eric predicted, ladies and gentlemen, on the Toronto Raptors versus the Minnesota Timberwolves game, and uh, he said that the Raptors were going to win one thirteen and one eleven, a close game. And it was kind of a blowout. The Raptors won one zero three to ninety one. So I can give you a point for the team, not the score. You also said that Pascal Siakam was going to have 20-plus points and 5-plus rebounds, and Pascal Siakam had 17 points, 9 rebounds. So I cannot give you a point for that. And you did say that Carl anthony Towns is going to have 20-plus points and 5-plus rebounds as well, and he had 24 points and 11 rebounds. So you finished 2 out of 4, brings your total up to 94. To finish out this week of our NBA predictions is currently 105-94, to 94, me. So we're still sitting pretty with that double-digit lead. Hey, listen,
1: I'm, I'm not mad at that, though. Um, Small W. It was a small W because I closed the gap a little bit.
0: Very small. <laughs> Very
1: small.
0: Hey, you got to get stuff, man. Gosh, but um, regardless, let's get into these stats real quick. And we are go on the Minnesota Timberwolves side. The leading scorer was, in fact, Carl Anthony Towns with 24 points, 11 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, and only 2 turnovers. Talking about a productive game for him. And then after that, you have... Jalen McDaniels off the bench with 18 points, seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, only three turnovers. And then you have Patrick, uh, P- uh Pat Bev. Why did I call him Patrick? I don't know why. Pat Bev. Uh, <laughs> I mean his name his name is Patrick, but people call him Pat Bev. But um, Pat Bev had 10 points, two rebounds, three assists, one steal, and four, uh, and four turnovers and one block in this game. And then after that, no one else was. Everyone else was in single digits. So no DLo. DLo only had eight points. Anthony Edwards only had six points, and uh, that that's pretty much sums up their whole game. And then move on to the Toronto Raptors side, the team that has been going off as of recently. They, um, their leading scorer of this game was, in fact, Gary Trent Jr., and he has a lot to do. He has a lot to do why they are so good as, as of recently. He had 30 points, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, and only one turnover. Shot 42% from, the, from three and the field. And then after that was Pascal Siakam with 17 points, nine rebounds, nine assists, two steals, and six turnovers, which is a little high. And then after that it was, in fact, Precious Anchua with 11 points, and then OG Adenobi with 10 points, and then Thaddeus Young off the bench with 10 points. But regardless, everyone else is in single digits of this game. But, Eric, I want to ask you a quick question about this Minnesota, Minnesota Timberwolves team. And um, they are very inconsistent, as you can tell, with this game. Mm-hmm. Um they have the talent. That's why I don't get. They're currently sitting 7th and they made a big push as, as recently in the last 10 games they are 7 and 3. So in the last 10 games they've been making pushes and that's why they are in 7th. But regardless of their standing right now, do you think this Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves team has enough to at least stay in their position or even or even drop or go up a little bit?
1: Um I think without a doubt I honestly think where I doubt that they can go up, right? Because I look at – but that's the highest they go. The highest they go is six, right? I don't think they're better than Dallas Mavericks, which is kind of weird to say because as an overall team, on paper, they are better than Dallas Mavericks. But I just think that they're just young, and I just think, ah, do I, do I really blame it on the coach? I don't know. I don't know if I really do because, you know, it's just a lot of inconsistency, like you said. Right, and I think it that just comes with growth, with like growth as a player, right? And you look at the inconsistency. In my opinion, it really comes from my boy Anthony Edwards. You know, I love Anthony Edwards. I think he's an absolutely great player. I think he's a great player. He's having a great season as well. He's averaging 20, 22 points, five rebounds, seven assists. I mean, not seven assists. Um, four assists. Right. And but like there's sometimes there's games where he goes crazy, and then there's sometimes there's games where he does this and he goes 0 oh for 8 with six points. You know what I mean? Literally 0%. His six points came from the free throw line, you know? So, in order for this team to be consistent, they need Anthony Edwards to become a very, very consistent, at least 20 point, 20 point plus scorer. You know what I mean? Also, they need D'Angelo Russell to be that guy, too. You know, D'Angelo Russell did not have a good game. My that's my D'Angelo Russell is my favorite point guard of all time, right? And people might think like I'm wit for that, but like he's just that's my that was like the first player I really connected to when I became a Brooklyn Nets fan. You know what I mean? Other than Brooke Lopez, but um, so but D'Angelo Russell, he shot two for eleven from this game. You know, it's just it's just not really good enough. It's it's actually no, it's not good enough. You know what I mean? And those two players are gonna be are gonna make or break this team. Carl Anthony Towns is a great player, you know, and he's consistent. He can do it, right? Um clearly be, him being an all-star this year as well. You know what I mean? Um, So he, he, we already know that he's a great player. It's just a matter of the fact that they need Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell to become those, like, stud players, you know? Maybe, like, borderline all-star players. I believe Anthony Edwards in the future will be an all-star, you know? I believe D'Angelo Russell still has some some things left in the tank for him to, to play even better basketball, you know? But overall, I just need – they just need to grow as a team even more, you know? And this this – these guys are young, man. You got D'Angelo Russell, he's still 25. That's ridiculous. I feel like D'Angelo was like 27, you know what I mean? D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell's 25 years old. You know, Anthony Everett's 20 years old. Then you got Carl Anthony Towns, who's 26 years old. These guys are young, you know? So I don't really expect too much from them as of right now, but I do believe if they stick with this core, it will bring something to Minnesota. It will bring certainly something to Minnesota. So um, I think they could definitely push up to possibly even if they really started playing like the way I said they should be playing, I could see them pushing up to like five. You know what I mean? Possibly even four. You know, but at the same time, I don't think that's realistic. I think the most they
0: go with six. Okay, okay. Um, you mentioned how this core is so young and all that stuff. And um you also mentioned their their inconsistency. And that's the main reason, the main point I wanna I wanna uh, tackle is their inconsistency as a team. As you can see in this game, D'Angelo Russell, as Eric said, only had eight points. And Anthony Edwards only had six points, while Carl Anthony Towns had 24. Um, you can't win a game when your projected big three, which is D'Angelo Russell. I'm not calling them a big three. I'm just saying that um, based off of the talent on the team, those are the big three. There's the three guys right there. I'm saying Carl Anthony Towns is the most consistent guy out of all everyone on that team, out of that big three in a sense. He is the most consistent guy. He can drop you 20-plus points and double-double every single game. Now, after that, Anthony Edwards, he can drop you 40-plus points. He's done it this season, but he can also have games like this where he scores six points. D'Angelo Russell, he can have great games as well, but he can also have games like this as well. It's, it, it just the lack, of, the, lack of, the lack of consistency for the Minnesota Timberwolves team is, is insane because if the, when they're all on and when they're all playing together, they are insane. They are insane. Their offense is off the charts, and that's why they still – they have 31 wins, and they are currently seventh in the Western Conference. But I think they are too young, and I think they're going to get to a point where I – and this might be a bold statement, but I don't think this Minnesota Minnesota Timberwolves team can ever make it far into the playoffs, let alone win a championship, uh, if they have D'Angelo Russell on their team.
2: Hey! I don't –
0: I don't what? think, and here is why. I don't think he fits their scheme. I think what? with that core they have right now, Carl Anthony Towns, he is a rebounder. He's a good defender, and he can score you twenty plus points, like we state, like we say. He's a great all around player, not a facilitator, right? Anthony Edwards, he can score you very, he can score you a lot of points. He's averaging twenty two on the on the season. Very good shooter, but he's only averaging four assists on the game on the, on the season. He cannot get you those assist numbers. Now, D'Angelo Russell, they need that guy, a ball handler. On Currently on the season, D'Angelo Russell is averaging eight, 19 points and seven assists. Okay, seven assists is, is solid, but but when he doesn't have nights like this where he has seven assists, it, it kind of ruins the team. And um, when you look, like I said, this Minnesota Timberwolves team, you got Carl Anthony Towns, who can do a little bit of everything, very solid player, your superstar. Anthony Edwards, your scorer, but they don't have that guard like – like a CP three in a sense. I'm not saying it's hard to find another CP three, obviously, but a facilitator in that sense, who has, who has assists, a double digit assist and is not primarily focused on scoring. D'Angelo Russell shot two for 11 in this game, uh, two for eight from three. I don't, and and usually D'Angelo Russell's turnovers are higher than this. He only had one in this game, but he usually has higher turnovers. But regardless, I think in order for Minnesota Timberwolves to thrive as a team, I think they got to get rid of D'Angelo Russell and get a, a point guard that is not really primarily focused on scoring, but can get you those solid assist numbers.
1: Uh, I hate when you bring up the stats, man. Uh, <laughs> that hurt. That honestly hurt, but you made such a great point. I never even, you. I honestly did not even know. That's a great point. Oh, my gosh. D'Angelo Russell, as a point guard, right, a point guard that can also play shooting guard as well, um, I would definitely say he's definitely more known for his scoring than his playmaking. You know, mm-hmm. and in the events where you need someone to be a playmaker, see, if you go get a playmaker, that's that that for this team, that means you know what I would do if I'm the Minnesota rules and if like I'm thinking like David, I'm at that point. I'll not right now, but probably next season, you trade DeAndre Russell for some bench and a one good playmaker. He doesn't have to be a star, but he's a good playmaker. You know what I mean? And you trade for more bench pieces so you can get an all-around team. And then you just rely on Carl Anthony Townsend and Anthony Edwards to be GOATs. The thing is, though, you have to wait for Anthony. You have to hope that Anthony Edwards becomes even more consistent than he already is. I mean, not mm-hmm. than he already is. Then you, you, you have to um hope that Carl, that um Anthony Edwards becomes more consistent, right? So it burns me to say that he doesn't fit the scheme, though, because that's my favorite point guard. Like, ouch, <laughs> David. I'm no! sorry. I'm sorry. No, bro. Oh, that hurts. No, I want to stay in this team. So I think it's a great. I think it's great for him. I think this team can really do something. Ah, uh, give him time, bro. I. I don't know. I don't. I'm, I'm not ready to give up on D'Angelo yet, man. I'm just not. I just can't.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I. I understand. I understand. That's crazy, though. That was a great point. You put out some good stats right there. And I knew once you start talking about um. The scorers and, and like the cat and cat and like Anthony Edwards, I knew you're gonna be like they need a playmaker, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> right, too, averaging seven assists, they need someone that can average more. Oh yeah. my gosh, man!
0: I don't know um, who. That's the only question. Who? Yeah, who do you mean? Really I don't
1: know. I don't really know, I'm honestly mm, maybe a
0: Freddie Van Vliet,
1: mm. or but that's that's gonna be hard to acquire. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I think you gotta look more in the future, younger players in that sense. Maybe like,
1: maybe like a Cade. Oh my! But they wouldn't be able to get kid. They would have to give hmm. up Bronny Downs. So, but um, yeah, man, I agree with you. I agree with you.
0: Thanks, but bro, that, hurt. <laughs> that hurt. I'm sorry. I apologize. I, but got at home, <laughs> sometimes the truth hurts, you know. But yeah, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I I honestly love D'Angelo Russell, but for the scheme of that team, they look like, and I don't know if this is a little too bold to say, but they look like a mini Phoenix Suns team. Yes! You know what I mean? You got DeAndre Ayton, who is not the same player as Carl Anthony Towns. I think Carl Anthony Towns is better than DeAndre Ayton. But then you look at the shooting guard. You got Devin Booker, and you got Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is a good scorer. He's not at the same level as Devin Booker, but he's pretty much a smaller version of, um, of Devin Booker in a sense, primarily scorer. And then you have DeAngelo Russell. And what does the Suns have? That's why they're so successful. Obviously, they have a great bench and great depth and great coaching but they have a facilitator in CP3, so. Ooh, dare I say this? Hold up. Let me look his A's up. What are you saying?
1: I think I I know where you – I think you know I'm going with this. Now, granted, they wouldn't be able to get him because he recently, like, just went to a different team. But dare I say 21-year-old Tyrese Halliburton? (laughs) Oh, he would be a great fit for that team if we're talking about future Chris Paul, you know what I mean? Because we're talking about – we always say it. We always say it, man. And he's just – he's one year older than Anthony Edwards. They can grow together, but then then you have to keep Cat around. Then you have to keep Cat keep Cat around. And that's going to be hard because Cat might not want to play with all these young guys because Cat's 26. He's almost six years old. He's six years older than than um, Anthony Edwards. So by the time they really hit that, that, that peak, Cat's going to be old. You yeah, know? He's, a,
0: he's an old man at that point. So I'm calling 30-year-old men old. Yeah, so, man. Dad's <laughs> – 30-year-old men old.
1: Oh my god. Well the game of basketball, yeah man. Or any, any sport. But either way, really quick. Um do you have anything else you wanna say in that game?
0: That's all I got.
1: All right, man. Well I'm gonna we have an audio message really quick. Do you mind if I play it?
0: Uh no, I don't mind. You can play it. Ah
1: there you you're not, you're just, <laughs> you, know, you know what I was looking for. But, um, let's go ahead and play this one. It's from Mr. Motivations. Here we go. Oh,
2: hey, I know you all <clears throat> excuse me. Dang, my bad. Okay. I know we're talking basketball, but you know I need my soccer picks. Uh-huh. Here's what I got for you. you can write it down. Get back to me later. Um, Manchester City versus y'all gotta help me with his name. It's Tottenham, like Cot <laughs> with T, Cotton, Tottenham. And then, Tottenham. Got, uh, and then we got Liverpool versus <laughs> Northwich City. We got Crystal Palace versus Chelsea. Those that I'm looking at, it thinking about what do you got for me?
0: Mr. Motivation, it's really simple. This one's kind of easy. Manchester City, Liverpool, and then you go Chelsea. Boom. Trifecta.
1: I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be completely honest with you right now, okay? I think, personally, uh, I
0: feel like you just...
1: I, I have to break it down, Mister Motivations. Give me a second. I have to just check everything for you, bro. I, I have to make sure I'm making the right decision here. Um, hold, uh, see that's a that's a situation right there, right? Um, okay, yeah, I feel like David is correct. Overall, I would go definitely. I would definitely go Chelsea, right? I think Chelsea can definitely pull out the W on that and they should be able to. They're on a great winning streak, but that's because they, they just won the Club World Cup, too. I think they're going keep it going, right? Um, Liverpool, for sure. Lock that one in. That one's an immediate hub. There's no way Liverpool lose that game. I'm sorry. Liverpool lose, whoever picks Norwich is going to be a millionaire. That's what
0: I'm
1: <laughs> saying, right? There's no way be, they be they lose to Norwich, right? As far as Man City, I don't know why I'm feeling like this. Stop. Right? If you're feeling spicy, stop. go with But I'm picking Man City too. I'm picking Man City too. I think Man City, is, I, I would pick Man City too. I think Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, easy picks, right? Um, but if you want to risk it for the biscuit, that would be, be your one PT to pick. Or, I mean, you could pick Chris Powell, but I would, I would pick Tanya. I don't know why.
0: It's, not, it's not worth it for the biscuit, Mr. Motivations. You got to go I, safe.
1: What's it called? Hey man, you never, you never know, bro. You never know. But then mentally, you just came off a five-to-nothing dub to Sporting. That's your Sporting right there, too, David. The one that you said
0: they was going through, but well, um, what's it called? they did go through. They beat your, they beat your Barcelona. But um, other than that, that was Benfica. Nope, don't do that. No, was it was. Oh yeah, it was Sporting versus Borussia Dortmund. My apologies, but you're right. But Benfica is my team. Sporting, I like them because they're Portuguese alongside Porto. But my main team is Benfica. So.
1: Uh, they all get. I can't wait till all the Portuguese sides get knocked out this year.
0: It'll be great. You are. You're such a hater, bro. No, I am. Way. No, I am. I am you hating are. all Portuguese you sides.
1: You are, bro. Oh,
0: you percent. are, and I just can't wait to see Benfica lift the 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 Champions League trophy this year. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I'm just gonna laugh in your that's face a, at that point. That's
1: such a delusional statement. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: It's like, not. It's not. You know, it's even bro. more delusional. <laughs> bro. You know, it's more delusional. What? Saying that Zion Williamson is going to play this season—that's more delusional. No one said that. Well, I'm saying it. What the heck? Yeah. That, I, what... I have a topic on that, so I want to—I want to tell people. You know, it's, it's all about marketing. You know what I mean? You tell them, so they—they remember that moment, and then when you talk about it, they're going to be anticipated. You know what I mean? It's all you strategy.
1: Know, this is why. This is why you're my you're my partner in the in this in this podcast stuff, man. Because you <laughs> have the brain.
0: You have the brain. <laughs> the biggest brain. No, I don't know. It's not that big, but, (laughs) but Hey man, keep us going. Keep us rolling, David. Oh yeah. So before we move on to our next segment, big deal, not a big deal. We do have to go over our predictions in the NBA of this next week, but there is a slight problem. Ladies and gentlemen, there are no games on Friday, Saturday and Sunday because of the all-star weekend. So, um, we are just going to predict on today's on Thursday games. So we did two each on today's games. And, um, Ladies and gentlemen, error predicted on the Bucks versus the 76ers. And he's got the Bucks winning 120 to 108. With Giannis with 25 plus points, and Joel Embiid 25 plus point double double. And then also he has the Mavs versus the Pelicans with the Mavs winning 123 to 115. Luka Doncic with a 20 plus point double double. And Brandon Ingram with 20 plus points.
1: All right. And for David on on that same day, he is the Nets versus the Wizards. That's current wait, no, 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 no. I'm bugging. No, uh, you're I'm right. bugging. Wait. That's so weird because Nets are vs the Wizards right now. You know? But that's not the game. Or is it the
0: game? Yeah, it is the game.
1: Oh bugging. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> what? Sorry. That just that just hurt my brain. Sorry. What's it called? Um Dave has the Nets versus the Wizards today. Sorry, today he has the Nets versus the Wizards. And he has the Nets winning one is that one nineteen did you one nineteen? I think it's one nineteen. Yeah. yeah. I my my nine looks like a four for some reason. But um what's <laughs> uh, um, it's one nineteen to one zero eight Nets, and currently right now the Nets are winning fifty one to forty six, which we love this see. Um, and then he has Seth Curry with twenty plus points, and Seth Curry is currently on six. Ooh, uh, not looking so well for that one. But um, they're 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 not even in the they're they're still in the first half, so there's still a chance. And then you said that Kyle Kuzma will have fifteen plus points and six plus rebounds, and Kyle Kuzma currently has three points and three rebounds, so it's still possible, definitely still possible. But um there's that first one and then also he has the Heat versus the Hornets. It's so weird cuz all these games are going on right now David. It's so <laughs> it's so weird. So I'll do the Heat versus the Hornets for you right now. He has the Heat winning 106 to 101 cuz cause he cuz he actually told me he needs the Hornets to lose so um for the Knicks, right? For the Knicks to climb up uh, a little bit. Yeah, climb up a little bit. Let's see. All right, man. And then he has the um Heat winning 106 to 101. Currently the Heat
0: are losing
1: 60 to 52 in the third quarter with 7 minutes to go. How you feel about that?
0: Uh, uh, I, feel, I feel ecstatic, man. I feel so happy that the team <laughs> I predicted is losing. Is that good?
1: Oh, my gosh, man. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Um, But other, other than that, you um, also have Bam out of bio with 20-plus points and 7-plus rebounds. And Bam out of bio right now has 9 points and 4 rebounds. So, still possible, I would say. Um, and then, you have for the Charlotte Hornets, you got um, LaMelo Ball with 20-plus points and 6-plus Assist and currently, the ball has ten points and seven assists. So he only got you to assist. He just needs you to points. I think he's gonna get. He's shooting fifty percent right now. So Come on, Lamelo, I think he's got you, man. I think he's got you. I've he yet. To, I'm not, I, I've yet to catch a Hornets game this year. I need to catch one, man.
0: Yeah, you're not. You're, you're not missing out on a lot. But I want to see Lamelo play. Like
1: I want to really see him in that. No, I did catch one. I did catch one game. Sorry,
0: but I saw him versus the Lakers, and I saw Russell Westbrook break a three pointer. So. Love it. <laughs> oh, shout out to Russ, man. Can't go, can't go with Russ. It's oh, so funny. It's so sad, but it's funny at the same time. But without further ado, ladies and gentlemen. We move on to our next segment called Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. And the rules are simple. Me and Eric, we give topics back and forth to each other of any type of sport. And we state whether they are a big deal or not a big deal. But um, I think yeah. I go first this week, correct? Oh, wait, really quick. David. What, 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 what?
1: Sorry, sorry. Being the fact that we're not gonna be here back until Monday,
0: do you want
1: decisions now on the team Durant versus team LeBron? Do you want to do that just for fun? Like we won't count it. I actually
0: have a big deal, not a big deal on that. oh, perfect. All right, never mind, never mind, never mind. All right, go ahead. Jumping the gun a little bit, Eric. A little antsy. Sorry, I'm excited. (laughs) Well, regardless, um, I go first. So big deal or not a big deal, Eric? Demar DeRozan is the first player in NBA history with 35-plus oh, yeah. points on 50% shooting in seven straight games. And here's the stat line, if you guys if you guys don't know it. He scored 38 points, shot 59%, 40 points, shot 67%, 38 points, shot 50%, 35 points, shot 40, 64%, 36 points, shot 68%, 38 points, shot 59%, in the last one, 45 points, and shot 60%. Is that a big deal or not a big deal?
1: Uh, no, it's not a big deal. Deal. He's got no, nah, I'm kidding. Of course it's a big deal. Bro, I'm still not. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm just not used to this. I, I don't like I can't I haven't been able to fully comprehend the fact that DeMar DeRozan is doing this. You know, like I just never I've never seen this is the best season I think DeMar DeRozan has ever had in his career so mm-hmm. far. Easily, right? Like I just I'm I'm shocked. I'm, I'm just like what like DeMar Rosen? I'm not gonna lie. We never thought this in like a million years. I'm not saying that he's a bad player, but this is out of his mind. He's scoring at will, bro. It's just, it's, and he looks so comfortable. It's so scary what he's doing, honestly. But yo, know, Demar is on another planet right now. I don't know what he's doing. I hope he just, just keep doing it, bro. I mean, not when you versus the Nets, but just keep doing, just keep doing it, dog. Because he is truly, he's like as of right now, currently. Currently, DeMar DeRozan is the best scorer in the NBA. And I think I, I feel like that's a sentence that I never thought I would say.
0: As of right now, yeah, he's looking like it. And um, 30 points? Like, what the? 35 mm-hmm. plus points? Oh my gosh. It's insane. And um, that's scary. It is. It's, it's really scary. And especially from a guy who doesn't take three pointers, that's where it's even more scarier. The guy's dropping 40 points and he only takes one three a game. So That's that means crazy. all the his shots are mid-range and he's making them, which is insane. But uh, real, real quick, DeMar DeRozan, if anyone know, he's known in the NBA as the king of the fourth quarter. And he has, as re- this season, DeMar DeRozan is leading the league with 443 fourth quarter points. And guess who's in second place? Who? Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is behind him by 60 points. Oh! So Giannis has to score 60 points in the fourth quarter <laughs> to be contending with DeMar DeRozan. Just goes to show how insane he's been doing it. And right now, if my MVP list, I have DeMar DeRozan in my top five, at least. Right now, NBA, NBA.com, Ooh. or whatever, they have him ninth, which is very shocking. No. I think he's much better than what people are perceiving him to be. And obviously, the numbers don't lie. If you look at these stats right now, it says, someone, someone tweeted out, it says DeMar DeRozan is basically having a 1997-1998 Michael Jordan year. And if you compare the stats... Michael Jordan in his 13th year, he averaged I'm going I'm going to round up. He averaged 27 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds, shot 48% on two two-point shots and shot 24% on three-point shot and shot 78% on the free throw. And uh, and we look at DeMar DeRozan in his year 13 as well. He had he has 28 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds, shooting 53% in the field and thirty four percent on three and shooting eighty six percent of the free throw, these numbers are better than Jordan's. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not comparing him to Jordan, but based off of the numbers in year thirteen, Demar Rosen's having a better year, then uh, basically having close to the same year as Michael Jordan in 1997-1998, which is scary to think, even put those two people in the same sentence. Well,
1: uh, Bill, I'm sorry. I just looked it up because I looked up the 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 MVP race and the most recent one they had was was updated February 11th bro this just makes me angry at this point bro i'm i'm sorry and i have all respect for this man i think he's a great player but MVP i just don't think like you just you, i don't think you could put him up there with the number if someone's having another good season great season i just don't think he could be up there chris paul's number 4 right and i love chris paul i think he's an amazing player and stuff but I just don't think he's MVP. He has, he's averaging 15 points, four, f- five rebounds, and 11 assists. He is averaging 11 assists, but, like, I just don't think those – I don't think – compared to Jokic and certain people, obviously that's why they're above him, like Giannis, Joel Embiid, and Jokic. I don't think that's MVP numbers, obviously. But this gets me even more tight. Why is Steph Curry number five? Like, how in the world is Steph Curry above DeMar DeRozan right now? It, like, someone make it make sense. Honestly, someone make it make sense. I can't. Like, i okay. I can understand the argument between John Morant, Luka Doncic, and Devin Booker, maybe, right? Because they're all above him as well. Okay, but Steph Curry shouldn't even be above those three people. The three people that I even listed. Steph Curry has not been that guy for a lot for a while now. For a while now, man. Like this is—it's just ridiculous to me. I—I I don't understand that. Why is Steph Curry five? How is Steph Curry five?
0: Because the league like, loves him.
1: But, like, what is this? Like, what are we doing?
0: Yeah, I don't understand that. But I like CP3 up there. And what you didn't take into account it was his steals as well. He's literally top three in steals at the moment. Actually, number one in total steals of the season with 108. So, he's definitely a great all-around player. I don't think I should put him in the top ten. But definitely top – not top – I'm sorry. I don't think I should put him in the top five, but definitely top ten.
1: I don't even know where – CP3 – I feel as if CP three is not on my M- well, he's on my NBA Go to the Week list, but he's like extremely low. That's only because we look at stats, right? He's twenty sixth on my list. It's 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 like extremely low. But like obviously, I wouldn't have him at twenty six. Like realistically, I feel like you have to put him somewhere like like top ten, like you said, right? Or like you just have to put him up there because he's the sole. If he's not there in the on Bro- not the Brooklyn Nets, if he's not there in the Phoenix Suns, that Phoenix Suns team is nowhere near as good as they are right now, mm-hmm. right? So- it's just clear. It's just crystal clear that he's such a key factor. Um, and that's why he's up for the MVP. But I just don't think, like, top five, when you have someone that's at – that in the last, like, five games uh, – like, we look at the last five games for DeMar DeRozan, bro. You're talking 50% – above 50%? Dude has had 36, 35, 38, 40, and 38. How much CP3 above him? How do you explain that – explain to me how those stats are – so you're saying that CP3 is more valuable than him. I don't get that. I honestly
0: don't. Well, we're only taking into consideration scoring. If you compare assists, obviously CP3 takes that.
1: But at the same, at the same time, you got – if we compare it in – like I would, I would say CP3's argument in general for him to be like in the top 10 is because he's such a big factor, right? He's like a true valuable player. You know what I mean? But then we could say the same thing about DeMar DeRozan. Because without Demar Derozan, they literally wouldn't win these games. And it's not even the fact that, like, you look at the scores of these games, right? Well, one 120, twenty-one to one hundred nine against Charlotte. Yeah, it's a blowout, right? One thirty-four to one twenty-two. Demar Derozan drops at least twenty-five points, or twenty po- or twenty-five points, which is a good game in the NBA, right? They're, this game is extremely close, extremely close, right? They beat OKC one hundred six to one hundred one. If Demar Derozan drops twenty-eight points, they they, they, they lose this game. To OKC. You understand what? So, like, DeMar Rosen is just as valuable, excuse me, is just as valuable as Chris Paul in that case. So, it's like, for me, it's like, I don't understand how Chris Paul is above DeMar Rosen. It doesn't, I don't know.
0: I can't tell you either because I'm not a part of the board meetings. So. We need to be part of the board. Why aren't we part of the board meetings? I don't know. I think we have pretty logical brains. Guys, do you guys, anyone listening right now, you guys think we have logical brains or are we just, like, out there? We're spontaneous. I don't know.
1: I mean, for that that reel I posted on the NFL, I mean, they, people would tell you I'm I'm out there
0: and spontaneous. But <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong with being spontaneous,
1: guys. If you haven't checked, I want I honestly want them to go check right. But if you have not checked her out already, right? We have a I have a we have a reel up for um for NFL um we, like I'm you know the the way you can make a team right when like a team pops up you have to pick a player right and I messed up entirely right I. literally <laughs> And I told David, I'm like, you know what? Let's just post it because like to show people that like, you know, we're not perfect, one. And two, it's just like a joke. You know what I mean? As as a joke. Bro, the amount of hate comments that (laughs) this guy doesn't know football. This guy doesn't know football. This guy is terrible. He's trash. He's garbage. It's insane. (laughs) But you know what's crazy? You know what's absolutely insane? We are at I don't even know what it is currently. Last time we checked, it was above nine hundred thousand views.
0: That's insane.
1: Like that's why I love like these guys are amazing. Like, please keep it coming. You know what I mean? People <laughs> like at the same time it hurts, but at the same time, it's it's benefiting us. Right now it's at 983,000 views, bro. Go,
0: Come on, post to a
1: million. We're so close to a million, bro. Go spam that up right now. Granted, you could roast if you want to go in the comments and you want to roast me, so be it, man. It just spreads it more. <laughs> go ahead. Like, please. Because it's just it's just making it so much better. But sorry, that was a quick rant, but like Oh my gosh, bro! But please go, please go share that video and tell all your friends to go roast me. I guess I don't know.
0: I'm probably no. You don't up. don't even roast anyone. Just 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 laugh. Just laugh a little bit.
1: Exactly. Like, but people, are, yo, people are mean.
0: You are oh, mean. Oh, people. you're just figuring that out now. Yo, that's like crazy. That, 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 Every, that, everything that, in like right. everyone's mean.
1: Like they they it's crazy because like we like for example like we'll post like good things and it won't get nearly as much views. Nearly as much. We post one bad thing, highest view thing
0: on the Instagram. It just goes to show, man. Everyone loves bashing it on other people.
1: It's so sad. What kind of world do we live in?
0: What the heck? Bro, all I'm saying is that we're taking that fuel and we're making I don't know, we're we're going beast mode, as Marshawn Lynch would like to say. It's going to hit a
1: bill, and then we're going to post it. We're going to be like, thank you for the hate. We appreciate you guys, honestly.
0: Honestly, yeah. It's a, a, a view is a view. A like is a like.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, these people are – oh, my gosh, man. If they actually watch their show, it would be amazing, too.
0: Yes, that is so. true. But one day. One day. Re- regardless, Eric, before we move on to your big deal, not big deal, we do have an audio message from Biggie Sports. Shout-out oh, to so- you, man. What happened? I said, let's go. Sorry, I was, like, hyped because he – sorry. Do you, <laughs> I, do you mind if I play it? No, I don't mind, David. <laughs> I to say yes. Right, I never, yes, I never, <laughs> yes cause you you understand the question. i'm a little, I'm a little I'm a little dumb in that situation, but real quick, big e sports, use your audio message.
2: You need takeover. Good evening, Eric and David. Good evening, good evening. You hey guys I had a question about the trade that the Nets made with Philly, but as yes. it pertains to two players in particular, and that would be Curry and Drummond. How do you like those two additions, and do you see that being kind of a missing piece for the Nets if they get the chance to go up against Milwaukee in the finals for the East? And what role do you see Ben playing for the team? All
1: right, um, David, do you want to tackle this first? Or do you want me to tackle it first?
0: Whatever you I... want, man.
1: Whoever tackles first, I feel like it's going to cover for the other person. I'm not pretty gonna much, lie. pretty much. So, what do you want to
0: do? Rock, paper, scissors.
1: Um yeah, it's, ready, rock, paper scissors, paper,
0: scissors, scissors
1: and shoot scissors. I have scissors too. Alright, go again. Alright,
0: rock, paper, scissors and shoot paper.
1: Scissors. Alright, I got it. I ah, got okay. it. yeah. You go. Yeah. You go. Alright. So, um, what's it called? Basically, I think you're completely correct in the fact that um it does fill some holes and some voids that the um Brooklyn nets have been struggling with. You look at it um as this, right? When you had James Harding and not to bash on James I'm not trying to bash on James Harding right now,
0: right? Yes we but, are.
1: I mean, we some most of the time we kind of are because we are 'cause we're just Hurt because he left us, and he—it's like a heart. It's like a—it's like he cheated on us. He's like a bad breakup, bro. But I to, um, to be completely honest, like I'm not I'm just being like non-biased at all. When James Harden was there, he just wanted the ball in his hands, and it's been proof. I just have a big deal, not a big deal on that. We'll go into that and, um right after, right? But um, James Harden just wanted the ball in his hands. He um liked ISO ball, liked running pick and rolls. Um, that's his game, right? But however, it wasn't playing team ball, right? And I think that's what we needed. I think that's what we can thrive off of as a whole. Um, and then you look at, for example, we'll break down each play that we acquired. So you go to Seth Curry, right? Um, and with Seth Curry, obviously, with us missing Joe Harris for a while, I think he's out for the rest of the season, right, David? N- not,
0: not yet. Not he's yet. He's taking a long time, so he'd probably be back for another two weeks, I think, or you three know? weeks.
1: So like that's that's missing Joe Harris is missing our shooting in words. So like that's a big part, and with with Seth Curry, um, the void that he's gonna fill. Honestly. Now that I look at it, there's a possibility that we might just might just even trade Joe Harris for more for more bench. You know what I mean? Cause I'm not gonna we,
0: get anything out of it though.
1: Uh, we could we could get a solid bench player. You know what I mean? That can do more than just shoot. You know? Cause Joe Harris is really just a shooter. Let's be honest. Like his defense is not crazy. So like like maybe we get another defender. Maybe we get another like an all around player. You never know because we have Seth Curry. Seth Curry now, right? Um. So that's that. So Seth Curry provides and he also provides um good play here and there. You know what I mean? Um, but then we go to Drummond. I think Drummond's one of the biggest pieces of this trade, if not the biggest piece, right? And the reason I say that is because we needed a center badly, desperately, right? And we need not only do we need just a center, but we need a good sized big man. You know what I mean? Like we needed someone that was like seven feet tall, that was Brawlick and was it was a force to be reckoned with in that paint and could grab boards for for and for for days, you know. And Drummond is exactly what we need, so um, I think Drummond was a great asset, um, to add to this team. And um, for Ben Simmons, you really he asked, um, what role does he think he's gonna play, you know what I mean? And honestly, I think Ben Simmons is gonna play a role of not only playmaking on the off, he'll play a role of playmaking on the offensive end. Um, I think there's gonna be some nights where he does go off and he does have great um a good amount of points, right? Um, however, I, on the defensive end is really where he's gonna come in, right? Because I feel like Ben Simmons is gonna take those matchups matchups um um that we need him to take of like a maybe a secondary star or maybe the first star if anything, right? And that's gonna be a big part. He's gonna play a big part in that and getting some big game times um game game time stops. Um, but also I feel as if I'm I'm gonna go on a limb here, right? and this is the only part I don't know if David agrees on, right? I think Ben Simmons will add to Brooklyn Nets being the fact that we have such a potent offense, and I feel like there's going to be some games where we're going to be up, like, pretty big. I think Ben Simmons will start to try to shoot more, right? When you have a coach, when, when you have great, the, two of the greatest scorers of all time in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant right on your team, and you have a coach in Steve Nash who was a great three-point shooter. You know what I mean? I just don't, I don't, I don't see how there's not a way where they don't encourage him to shoot. You know what I mean? I think Steve Nash is that coach where he wants to include everyone, which I love, right? I think that's like the point guard in him. I think that's a playmaking in him, you know? So, overall, that's my analysis on that trade.
0: I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, on the ben, ben Simmons thing, I think – I agree with you. I think he's going to be more of a playmaker. And uh, he, he's going to be more of a playmaker and more used for defense. And also, he's going to increase the pace of the game for Brooklyn which they desperately needed, because James Harden, he would take like 20 seconds of the shot clock just Mm -hmm. for himself. And I think having Ben Simmons and knowing that he's not the best shooter, he's going to pass it to your scorers, which is going to give them opportunities and big minutes as well. But also he's going to increase the pace of the game, his defense, and all the other jazz. So I think it's great. Brooklyn really benefited tremendously off of that. Love it. Love it, man. Well, there's that, but – um. Really quick, I do a big do not big deal on that kind of like that topic, David.
1: Do you mind if I go into it? Yeah. Um. First, all, I just have to find it really quick. <laughs> um. You lost I- it. Yes, I did. Unfortunately. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, I had to pull it up. Actually, I had it saved on my phone. So, um, big deal, not a big deal, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it first, and then I'm gonna um, and then I'm gonna like give you some facts behind it as well. But big do not a big deal. It turns out. That um, James Harding and Durant disagreed on offensive styles, right? And I have this up right here. Um, it, according to according to this, right? It says that Durant and Nash wanted a free-flowing offense, while James Harding wanted iso ball. And <laughs> also, it's 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 quoted saying the Nets staff does Nets staff notice Harding would roll his eyes when plays were designed for Durant.
0: Um, I mean, it's one of the reasons why they trade him, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I first off, I'll say big deal. Honestly, when you hear the news after it, but honestly, when you think about it, it's also not a big deal because we don't have to deal with it anymore. But due to the circumstance and how how big of it, how big I, uh, how big of a deal that is, I'm gonna say a big deal just because of the fact that that James Harden is selfish and that in that way, ladies and gentlemen, either he didn't want to be there which obviously showed, but he's just selfish. He wanted the ball for himself, and um, he didn't want anyone else to have the ball. And when you watch Brooklyn on offense, that was pretty much their whole game plan is James Harden iso ball, holding it for 20 seconds of the shot clock and then passing it last second or going into the basket and looking for a foul. I mean, that's not how you win basketball games, and that's Mm -hmm. the main problem with James Harden, and that's why I'm concerned for Philly because – he, it looks like he's not going to change it. Maybe the environment in Brooklyn was one of the reasons why he stuck to it. But I don't know. I don't think it's going to work out for Philly. But I'm just glad he's gone. Let's just say that. It's a toxic environment. With him gone now, it's all sunshine and rainbows. Not necessarily, but close to it. Love it, bro. Love it. Um,
1: honestly, I just think overall, it's just it's kind of like sad the fact that for someone to get annoyed when a, draw, a play is drawn for Durant – First of all, I want to apologize, actually, to Steve Nash, right?
0: Yes.
1: I I do. I think he deserves an apology, honestly, right? I bashed him to the max, right? I also bashed James Harden because, like, it was, like, starting to become him and James, right? But I always – David, it's, like, crazy because what was the main thing I would complain about for Steve Nash?
0: Steve Nash not drawing up any plays for anyone else. Exactly. And –
1: and now we see why. It's because James Harding had so much power and we were trying to please him so much. So for that, um, I do apologize for Steve Nash because like in other words, he was put in a situation whereas he had to try- he was trying to keep somebody happy, right? And now that person's gone and Steve Nash is thriving in my opinion. Right? And um overall, whether I like whether the players play good or not, right, I I don't blame him anymore. You know what I mean, for the most part. Because he he for the most part he makes the right decisions, you know? So I'm back to trusting in Steve Nash, I guess you could say. I'm back to seeing him being a better coach. Um, and the real problem was just James Hardy, man. And I'm glad he's out now. It's sad because he's such a great player, but he just couldn't fit for our scheme.
0: Yep. He's just got a terrible attitude. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. Big deal. But it's also great that he's gone as a Brooklyn Nets fan, which is great. But, girl, let's go into my big deal, not a big deal. I say we do like, what, two more each? One more each? What do you think? Two more? Um, Up to you, honestly. No, uh, we'll do two more each. Why that. And um, my next big deal, not a big deal, comes from the NHL community.
2: And oh. uh, something,
0: something real quick. Uh, big deal, not a big deal. The Pittsburgh Penguin Sidney Crosby scores his five hundredth career goal. Joins Mario Lemieux as the only Penguins to do so in franchise history. So,
1: you know the five. You said five hundred, right? Or like
0: five hundred, baby.
1: I said five hundred. Did you hear that? Five hundred. Yes, I did hear it. <laughs> That's crazy! Oh my gosh! Thank God I'm in school. So what's it called? Um, um, 500th goal, man. I know, like that's a muscle milestone itself. But I like the fact that he's only the second person in the franchise history to do it. You know, what I mean that like that he's gonna some he will cement his legacy even more with Pittsburgh. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's awesome to see, man. So congratulations to him. That's a really
0: awesome achievement right there. Yeah, definitely. And not to mention that he's one of the best. NHL players, uh, uh, hockey players in the NHL right now. So, honestly, when he's that good, he's age 34, so he's been a veteran in the league, and he's still producing great numbers. I think, honestly, even though I don't like him because he's from Pittsburgh, but still, (laughs) I got to acknowledge the talent. And anyone doesn't know I'm an Islanders fan, but I got to acknowledge the talent, and uh, congratulations to Sidney Crosby. He's always been a good player, and I, I, I have to acknowledge it. But, yeah, big deal. Love it, man, love it. All right, man. Well, um...
1: I'm gonna go ahead and go on to my next one, right? Um let's go ahead. You know, we haven't really talked about some football and football just ended, so let's go ahead and talk about football. I just have one big deal, not a big deal. Um it's about Odell Beckham Jr., actually. So, big deal, not a big deal. Odell Beckham Jr., OBJ, hit every incentive on his Ram contract, right? And I'm just gonna go ahead and go into the um go to the incentives with you, right? For 500, um, you would get 500k for wild card win, wild card playoff win. He got 750 thousand dollars for divisional round win. He had another 750k for winning the NFC, and then he got an extra one million
0: for winning the Super Bowl. Big deal, not a big deal, not a big deal. Because at that point, you're just showing off to show you're showing you're showing off Odell and saying how much money you're making, while everyone else is (laughs) just looking at those numbers. Like you, you won millions of dollars let alone alongside with your salary for winning games, not even for catches or anything that you have to do individually for winning games. That's something you can do as a team. So it doesn't have to mean that you have to have a good game. Just your team has to win. So that incentive, I don't think, I think is a little garbage. I think it has to be more of an individual stat, but regardless (laughs) of that, um, I'm going to say not a big deal. I honestly don't really care. It's more good for him because I mean, he's making money, but for me, I'm just, I'm envious of that. You made me a little more jealous. Hold up! Can I just, I just want to do something really quick. I just want to, cause
1: <laughs> I just want to put something into perspective for people that are listening at home right now.
0: Um, You're adding up the numbers, aren't you?
1: Oh, I. <laughs> this is I, just, I just want to make this clear. David said not a big deal, which I rightfully understand, right? This guy Odell Beckham Jr. Within four games in his football career, four games made three million dollars.
0: They're handing out money like it's candy. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's Yo, literally insane. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's just I wouldn't even go I wouldn't go deeper into this because you know, what's it called? We're hardworking people and stuff like that. You know, we are really we? Yes yes we are. Okay. Well most definitely you know we, we have we we work outside of, outside of this, you know. Um I just want to really quickly just break this down, right? In the month of January alone Odell Beckham Jr. had two million in his pocket. Mm -hmm. (laughs) In the month of January, Odell Beckham Jr. had made two million, and then at the beginning of February, he made he
0: he sealed it up with an extra million. Uh, (laughs) And I'm gonna read you guys the numbers of medical doctors and how much they make (laughs) in a year. so currently, a medical doctor is making between 150000 and 250000 a year. Um, and how much did Odell make in, in one game? What incentive gave him 500000 That was the least. That was the least amount. <laughs> now, now we know where our prior, priorities are as a society, right?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> His life. Bro, this guy made three mil for winning games. He wasn't even, no fact. Like, no, he played a really big part, mm-hmm. right? He played a really big part in winning the games. But, like, bro, it's a team game. Why is he getting money for winning the game? <laughs> it,
0: it, I mean, all credit to him because you got to play the market around you. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to say, hey, I, I want to accept $80,000 $80, when you, and they're giving you 250000 You know, like, you take what you can get, right? In a no. sense. So I gotta give him credit at that point, but when you put it in perspective of that versus what's going on in society, it's just like what's like, like it's kind of mess. It's like you're it's like playing you're playing with them at that point. Bro, he's making more money in one game than the average salary of a doctor, an average salary of <laughs> a teacher. It, it, it's it's insane, in my opinion. What's it called? Blasphemous.
1: Um, yeah. What's it called? Literally. <laughs> oh my gosh bro you can't like you just can't make this up bro but oh he's a W agent that's all I'm gonna say W agent
0: <laughs> where can <laughs> I get one of those? yo
1: literally get me let me let me link to his agent really quick he'll have, he'll have me in Europe in two seconds dog like that <laughs> <laughs> was both Barcelona versus Real we'll be the next classical if that happens bro
0: we'll be like Mbappe about to get one million dollars per week
1: did you see that too? oh, oh my- I
0: saw it I, I see everything that's insane. <laughs> it's insane, but regardless, what what I say, not a big deal. You said what, what you say, big deal.
1: No, I think it's a big deal, bro. Okay. <laughs> like darn near a month and so, and some change. That's crazy.
0: Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, getting almost three million, three million dollars for winning games. Okay, but um, without further ado, I'll, I'll power to him. But without yeah. further ado. Let's move on to my next big deal, not a big deal topic. It looks like going to be my last one, looking at the time. But it's about the Olympics, and I got to I got to keep you guys updated every single week on the, or after, at every single episode on the Olympics because it's just going, it's just changing, changing every single day, and um, it's really fun. I like watching the Olympics all every year, you know, and not every year because it's not on every year, but every time it's on, so like every two years, I like watching it. And um, big deal, not a big deal. We're looking at the medal count right now, currently, and looking just at gold medals. First place is Norway with 14 gold medals. Second place is Germany with 10 gold medals. And United States is in third. They get into the top three with eight gold medals. And then in, t- in terms of total medals, in first place, we got Norway with 29 total medals. And in second place, we got ROC, Russian Olympic Committee, which is ah. Russia. So Russia is in second place with 26. And at number th- at number three, we have Germany with 22. United States at four with 21. And at number five, we have – wait, wait, wait. We have Canada with 20.
1: All right, wait. Is, now, you gave, me, you gave me the amount of gold medals and then the amount of medals in total? Correct. Is there a stat where, like, it's, like, just the standings? Because I know, like, you get more points for having gold, and, like, you know what I mean?
0: Uh, no, it doesn't have It just has gold and it has total. All right, all right. Well I – mean, It has silver, too, and bronze, but, like – no. Most is the gold.
1: Yeah, the gold is way more important. But um, what's it called? Uh USA, man. I need you. I need them to bump them up, man. Why? Why does? Why does ROC have more medals than us, bro? What's going on with that? <laughs> I don't uh, know. The 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 cover up for Russia, man. Why do they have more medals than us, bro? What's going on with that, man?
0: It's just, uh, no clue, man. I have no clue. But quick little fun fact. Not really fun fact. I mean. It's right there in the open, but uh, the, the, the Winter Olympics end in three days. They end February 20th, so if you haven't watched one, go check it out. It's really fun, especially when they do the skeleton and all the other stuff. It's insane. Like They go like 80 miles per hour. It's ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> it's not a sport for me, let's just say that. But um, <laughs> neither, is it, neither is it for me. Yeah, Winter <laughs> Olympics is not my strong suit, let's just say that. Never been skiing, never been snowboarding. Um, don't like the cold, so that doesn't help either. Um, yeah, just leave me in the ocean. Not even, I don't even like the ocean. Oh my gosh, I'm miserable. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, I was gonna stop at this. I was like, but, what's it called? I, yeah, I don't like the cold. I, put me somewhere hot. That's all I care about.
0: Florida, maybe?
1: Maybe, maybe. But, um, what's it called? I'm gonna go ahead and list my last bit and I'll be dead Then i we'll move on, Yeah.
0: Sounds
1: good. So I base I hit on I hit on basketball I hit on football. Now it's time to hit on football, my friend, in, in soccer, man. So let's go ahead, um, and do this really quick. And I do have a a stat for you. I should, wait, where did the stat go? Hold up. Wait a minute. Oh, hold up. Uh oh. No, I'm kidding. I'm bugging. Spaghettios. I, <laughs> Shut up, bro. what's it called? I just defined it really quick. I did have it, um. But big do not here it is. Big do not big deal. All right, um. Here is the Champions League top scorers going into the knockout stage. I know the knockout stage already started, right? But these are these were the top scorers going into knockout stage, right? So you had in first place you had Sebastian Holler from Ajax with ten goals and two assists. Right in six games, obviously. Every, all these are in six games since they all play six games in, in the group stage. Right at them, you had Robert Lewandowski with nine goals and two assists. Um, at in third place, you have Christopher Ninkuk- Ninkuku, um, with seven goals and one assist.
0: Cuckoo!
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, then you in, in um, fourth place, you had Mohamed Salah, and oh my gosh, here we go. Guys, brace yourselves. In fifth place, you had um, Cristiano Ronaldo. With- sure. Oh, my. And he's literally doing it. that in the picture that I'm looking at right now. Oh, <laughs> my God, um, in seventh place, you had – oh no, that was fifth place. In sixth place, you had Leroy Sané with five goals and four assists. In seventh place, you have Karim Benzema with five goals and one assist. Eighth place, you got Riyad Mars with five goals. Ninth place, you have Lionel Messi with five goals. And that's all she has right there, man. What we
0: think about that? Ah, uh, I think I love it, man. I think I love it. But no, most importantly, it's nice seeing Ronaldo up there, especially do, like it just basically shows he's aging like fine, fine wine. I think we can all agree on that. But uh, you uh, you gotta give credit to this guy, Sebastian Holler. He's having a terrific season at Ajax right now. Uh, I just want to give credit to him. He's doing insane for them at currently in the moment. Yeah, definitely, man.
1: Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think he holds that. He holds that goal lead out again. Maybe he does. I feel like Lewandowski is gonna take it over eventually. But maybe he does. You never know.
0: Maybe Ronaldo.
1: No,
0: no, They're gonna get eliminated first round. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Have no defense, man. It's just new goal. Lead. Having having Ronaldo in Champions League is equivalent to having LeBron James in the playoffs, or even Michael Jordan in the playoffs. Cause Michael Jordan won six for six. So we'll, we'll compare that a little bit better. Ronaldo, this definitely has not gone six for six, so we can't. Oh yeah, do that. yes. Okay, but I'm and, saying they're a factor in the playoffs. They go off. They're on another level, I and mean, this is Ronaldo and, in Champions League. What happened
1: to LeBron James in the first round of the playoffs last year?
0: That's why I said Michael Jordan, buddy. Mm, so
1: you switched it up because you knew. LeBron no, doesn't...
0: no. I said my. I said LeBron, Ronaldo and then I said like,
1: Michael. Oh, I love it. I love it.
0: You can agree that this is basically Champions League is called Ronaldo League.
1: It is. No, it mm-hmm. is. Um, is unfortunately his team is too garbage for him to get through.
0: That's true. There's no defense. Hashtag yeah. Harry Maguire.
1: Hey, Harry Maguire, my fridge. That's my fridge right there. What a fridge.
0: The fridge. Oh my. I... But yeah, but, man. No. Sounds good. But, um, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I think we wrap up the big deal, not a big deal segment. And we move on to our last and final segment, which is called the NFL go to the week. And, um, it's our last one. It's the playoffs NFL Goat of the Week because we already did our regular season one. And now we are doing currently our playoff one. And this is the last week of NFL Goats of the Week for another six months around there. So it's going to be a long time since we hear football, but we will definitely still be talking about it here, uh, especially because we got the off-season free agency. Even if there's trades going off the draft, like there's a lot of interesting stuff going on still. So we'll still catch it, but we just won't be going over games. But um, other than that, big deal uh, no, what am i saying big deal not, like what the heck is going on <laughs> what is going on someone help me but regardless we got go to NFL go to the week our last one like we said and um we only had one game to choose from which was a super bowl you guessed it and the and um me and Eric we uh look at the games we look at the stats and we formulate a top 10 6 through 10 being our honorable mentions and 5 through 1 with number 1 being our goat of the week so um I'm not going to list stats uh, just because of the time as well. But also, there's only one game. So, But regardless, um, let's go into – actually, I'll, I'll list stats for my top five, but not my, my, not my honorable mentions. But in my honorable mentions, let's go into my list. Honorable mentions that. At number 10, I got Shadobi Owazu. He had one interception. Uh, I said I'm not going to go over stats. What am I doing? He had an interception in this game. Great, great game for him. At number nine, we have Sam Hubbard. At number eight, we got Joe Mixon of the Bengals running back. At number seven, we got Von Miller, the guy who got traded to that team and is looking like a free agent this season, um, who is is number seven. At number six, we got Logan Wilson, the linebacker, who played a tremendous game for the Bengals. And now let's move into the top five. And, Eric, at number five, I have the defensive end, the guy who got the last sack on Joe Burrow. Aaron Donald, he had a total of four, four uh, tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss, and three QB hits. He was applying the pressure and making Joe Burrow's knees weak because uh, he was a little shaken out there whenever he saw Aaron Donald coming after him. I, I don't blame him. At number four, we got Ernest Jones, the linebacker. He had um, seven total tackles, one sack, two tackles for a loss, one pass defended, and three QB hits. He had... Tremendous game as well, applying the pressure. I mean, this whole game, they were just putting pressure on Joe Burrow, and the stats don't lie. But um, now let's move on to number three. And at number three, I have the quarterback of the Rams, Matthew Stafford. He won 26 for 40, 283 yards, three touchdowns and two interceptions. And he also went – he also went – almost caught a ball too. If Cooper Cup would have hit him in the numbers, he made him jump a little bit. But uh, And he also ran the ball, three carries for six yards. So great game, even though he had two picks – one of them, it tipped off the guy's hands. Like, come on, you got to catch that. So I don't really blame it on him. But overall, great game from Matthew Stafford. He got the game-winning drive, and then he got the job done when his number was called. But now number two, I got to go with the wide receiver of the Bengals, T. Higgins. T. Higgins had an impressive game, especially in the Super Bowl, with four carries, 100 yards. Not four carries. Four receptions, 100 yards, and two touchdowns on seven targets. He had a ter- terrific game. And getting two, both of the scores, both touchdowns for the Bengals in a big moment like Super Bowl is honestly a tremendous moment. So congratulations on being number two, T. Higgins. But I can't, I can't surpass this guy. And he just had a tremendous week, a tremendous playoffs, a tremendous NFL season. And uh, before I give it away, Eric, please cue that drum roll. I got to go with the Super Bowl MVP. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup had eight receptions for 92 yards and two touchdowns on 10 targets. And he also rushed the ball for one carry and seven yards. He also had a pass attempt, but it went over Matthew Stafford's head. But overall, he did almost a little bit of everything in this game, and he got the job done, basically what he's been doing all season, in the regular season and the postseason. So well-deserved Super Bowl MVP for him, well-deserved victory for the Rams, and congratulations on the Cooper Cup for being a second-timer on my playoffs go to the weeks. And congratulations to Cooper Cup on a terrific season. Regular season and postseason. Well-deserved. Timer? Second timer in the playoffs.
1: Dang. That's crazy. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I i mean, I agree with the players that you put on your list. Thank but, you. Um, I think you're be shocked for me. Oh, yeah, gosh. Everyone's going to be shocked mm-hmm. by mine. Right? But without further ado, I'll just go into it. I'll just go through it really fast. Um, At number 10, I would mention, I have Jesse Jesse Bates the third. From um, the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Um, after that, we're just trying to get his stat. All right, here we go. Yeah, Jesse Bates, he had an interception during the game. Um, at number nine, I have Chidobi Aw- 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 um, Awuzi, or is that you say Chidobi Awuzi, right? i not about I you, believe right? so, yeah.
0: All right, All right.
1: Chidobi, Chidobi Awuzi um, at number nine. At number eight, I have Leonard Floyd from the Los Angeles Rams, defensively. He had a um, good defensive game. He had five total tackles, four solo, one sack, one tackle for a loss, and one QB hit. Great game from him. At, um, at what number was I I just forgot. At uh, number seven, sorry, I have a Sean Robertson, um, Robinson, Robinson of the, of the Los Angeles Rams. He had six total tackles, five solo, one sack, one tackle for a loss, and one QB hit. At number six, I have Von Miller of the Los Angeles Rams. But let's go ahead and go into the top five. At number five, I have Logan Wilson of the Cincinnati Bengals. He had nine total tackles, eight solo, three tackles for a loss and one pass deflected. Great game. Right. <clears throat> um at number four, believe it or not, I have Cooper Cup, the Super Bowl MVP. I have Cooper Cup on at number four on my list. Um, I like David. David already listed his stats. He had a great game overall, but I thought he was at number four for this for this one game right here, right? Um, at number three, a man. Oh, these next few guys, obviously, I think they had a better uh, uh stat-wise, they had a better game than him, right? And at number three, I have T. Higgins, the wide receiver from the Cincinnati Bengals, right? Um, I thought he had. A, I thought overall he did have a, stat-wise, he had a better game. Now, if you watch the game. Uh, you would know the fact that one of those touchdowns shouldn't have counted. But but overall, overall, C. Higgins is um is my number three. And then at number two, I have the bad man himself. People are calling him the best defensive player of all time. Um, Aaron Donald, man. Aaron Donald had a really, really big game, man. Had I don't know about
0: of- that. Huh? I don't think he's the defensive, best defensive player of all time. Lawrence Taylor, hashtag Lawrence Taylor.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just, people have been calling him that. That's only reason I said that,
0: though. Mm-hmm. No, I, I know. I'm just saying. I'm sorry.
1: What's it called? <laughs> he said, like, "I don't know about that." You felt some type of way. I love it. I love it. Um, what's it called? Um, but Aaron Donald's my number two. But at number one, ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, please. That is. From the Los Angeles Rams, believe it or not, I have Ernest Johns—not Ernest Johnson—Ernest Jones as my goat of the week for the for the final week of the playoffs. Man, Ernest Jones really impressed me with his stats. Man, seven total tackles, six solo, one sack, one tackle for a loss, one pass deflected, and three QB hits. You know, the one thing I love the most from defensive guys is when they're, a, when, when they're able to do everything, right? And that's and – because in my eyes, that's, like, extremely hard to do, right? Granted, you didn't have a pick, right? But, like, I find that extremely hard to do, like, as a defensive dude because, like, if you're in different positions, you can't do every single thing on the, on the field. So when you do it, I find it amazing, right? And he did it at a higher rate, you know? So I value that just a little bit higher, man. And Ernest Johnson got my goal of the week, man.
0: Very interesting. I, Very I, interesting, not- but I respect it. Sorry. What?
1: I keep saying Johnson, it's Ernest Jones.
0: <laughs> but yeah. was it what I was gonna say is is that it's very different list, but I I, I do respect it. I, I can see I had him my number four, but I just had to put the Super Bowl MVP in there. All right, man. Well, see when we go over this
1: next list, I think we'll be more there'll be more clarity. I think wait, where was a...
0: Matthew Stafford though? Was he on your list?
1: No, he was not. Okay, and you're gonna get mad at me for that. I, I understand, right? I I understand that the one pick is one of the picks was not his fault, right? Because I did get to watch the game. You know, we both watched the game. Um, I don't know. I, I just couldn't. I don't know. I just literally just couldn't. If you just I,
0: don't like him, bro. You don't no, like No,
1: no. It's not the fact because I know for a fact that this was the regular season. I know I'm not putting him in my goal of the league. You know what I mean? Three, three, in the regular season game, three touchdowns and two interceptions. No. Like, right now, come on. We're not giving that to him. You know what I mean? But like and that's that's why I was like I can't put him in because realistically in the regular season we wouldn't put him in. But but that that's why. You know, that's just how I felt about it. And he, he it was he went 26 or 40 great great um, percentage and also um good good yards as well. But I didn't like I do acknowledge him as one of the, like the better players during this whole playoff um during this whole playoff thing, like this whole not playoff thing, during the entire NFL playoffs, <laughs> right? What but, thing? Um, let me just... Ready? All I will say is this much. Once we go into the actual list, everything will make more sense for
0: me. Okay. But I go first, correct? Yeah. So everyone... Can you just explain it really quick for them? What? Can you just explain it for them? The, the list. Oh, oh my gosh. I, I don't know what you just said. I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know. My brain's going... My brain's going two miles per hour. Hashtag Michael Scott, if you get the reference. But other than that, I'm sorry. But but um, real quick, we do... uh a little spreadsheet where we cal- we uh, add up the points, and we have a value system, point value system when we do go to the week. So like when you get first, when you are the go to the week, you get 10 points plus the go to the week, which helps you surpass people if you're tied with them and all that stuff. And if you're second, you get nine points. Third, you get eight points, and going all the way down to 10, which equals one point. And um, we calculated, we put it in the spreadsheet, and uh, we added up all throughout the playoffs. We did it in the regular season. We do it in the NBA regular season right now, and we did it for the playoffs just to see – who our MV, uh, MVP of the playoffs was. And um, um, real quick, at number I'm going to go through my t- top 10. Um, I had 26, 28 people, by the way, um, in the, throughout the playoffs. So, But I'll go 10 through 1. And at number 10, I have Von Miller with 8 points. Number 9, I got Gabriel Davis with 8 points, the wide receiver of the Bills. Number 8, I got T. Higgins with 9 points. Number 7, I got Travis Kelsey, the tight end of the Kansas City Chiefs, with 9 points. Number six, I got Sam Hubbard, the defensive end of the Bengals, with 11 points. At number five, I have Evan McPherson, tied with Sam Hubbard, the kicker for the Bengals, 11 points. At number four, I got Patrick Mahomes with 19 points and one go to the week, quarterback of the Chiefs. And at number three, I have Josh Allen with 19 points and one go to the week, uh, tied with Patrick Mahomes, but um, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, which is Josh Allen. And at number two, I got Cooper Cup with 25 points and two go to the week. And at number one, I got the quarterback of the LA Rams, Matthew Stafford, with 29 points and no go to the week. But congratulations, Matthew, on being the first of uh, my NFL playoff go to the week. So congratulations. There it is, man. And for me, all right.
1: I feel like my list is going to be a lot more clarity to why, like, my, like, I feel like even though, like, my list, like, for go of the week was, like, a little bit, like, weird, as you could say, in, in some circumstances. Um, I feel like this list alone is going to make more sense. Like it's going to bring it all together. You know what I mean?
0: Okay, okay, okay.
1: This is this is basically who I think are the top 10 players within the entire playoffs. You know what I mean? Or who had the best playoffs, you know what I'm saying? Mhm. So, um I had I had 33 players to to choose from or 30 players on the list. But at number 10, I have T Higgins, the wide receiver with 8 points um um and no go to the week from Cincinnati Bengals. At 9, I have Fred Warner um, with 8 points from the San Francisco 49ers. At number 8, I have Gabriel Davis with 8 points um, and no go to the week from the Buffalo Bills. At number 7, I have Legarius Sneed from the Kansas City Chiefs with 9 points and no go to the week. And number 6, I have Ernest Johnson. I keep saying Johnson. His his name should be Ernest Johnson. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I have Ernest Jones um, with... Ten points, no goals a week from the Los Angeles Rams. Right now, let's get into our top five. And number five, I have Aaron Donald from the Los Angeles Rams with eleven points, no go, no goals a week. And number four, I have Matthew Stafford from the Los Angeles Rams with fifteen points and no go to the week. And number three, I have Josh Allen with nineteen points, one goal of the week from the Buffalo Bills. And number two, I have a tie. um... For, num- for a second, I guess you could say, with Patrick-, for Pat- with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes is at number two because he got there first, right? With 19 points, one goal of the week from the Kansas City Chiefs. At number one, I have the Super Bowl MVP, Cooper Cup, with 21 points and one goal of the week for the Los Angeles Rams. So I think it like kind of came out well, you know what I mean? It worked out. Oh,
0: yeah. It was good. Yeah.
1: So I, that's what I love, man. It, you know, it just proves that this method works. And people should watch our show more because we have a way to, of proving who the or who the MVP is. I guess so, right? We knew we are doing something right. Mm-hmm. Literally right there. Sorry, I got another hate comment. I had to check it really quick. <laughs> Don't look <laughs> at
0: that, bro. Don't look at them. I love looking at them.
1: They make me laugh. Oh, as people, long
0: as like, they make me so laugh. It's like, it's like, oh You're my like, gosh. You are disgrace to the NFL. I'm like what? <laughs> like,
1: oh my gosh, how the F are you gonna do this? And this guy has forty four followers. Oh my god And his, oh oh, his, his his um his um profile pick is cancel culture too. Oh no. That's not good. Uh, <laughs> we don't
0: want to no, get canceled. I don't care. I literally don't care. <laughs> At this point you, you can't care. How did the great players, how did the great people succeed in life? They just don't care. Honestly, they don't care about the hate. They don't care. They thrive off of it, and uh, so we're gonna continue to do over here, at Dini Takeover. But regardless, so those wait, are wait, our wait, list. What? 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 What's it called? I. Is it nine hundred ninety thousand views? Nine hundred ninety thousand views. We're ten thousand views away from reaching one million. Hopefully, we reach it tonight, or maybe in the middle of the night. Who knows what's gonna happen? But, oh, yeah. but uh, it's gonna be exciting, man. We're gonna po- We're gonna post. Definitely post it on the Instagram story. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. Everywhere. First time oh, to a million. And first time to one million. So, shout out to everyone. Thank you for watching it. Thank you for liking it. Thank you for uh, following us on Instagram. If you haven't, please do so. But other than that, I think it's a good time to end off the show. What do you think, Eric? Yes, sir. All right. But um, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you to everyone. Take the time out of their day just to listen to us. You know, we appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. And don't forget it. Also, if you're new here, Please um, drop a follow on the Stereo app and subscribe to the show so you get updates when we go live. And uh, if you're listening on other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor App, any other platform, um, the Stereo app is where we do our live shows. So please uh, follow us if you want to listen to us do it live. If you can't listen to it do it live, no worries because we edit down these exact episodes you're listening to and put them on to, like I said, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor App, and whatever platforms. Out there as well, but so please follow us and review our podcast on that, and um, and just share it to any uh, many people as you want and many people please because we're trying to grow big with this as well. And um, also, we do have an Instagram, and it's called official underscore de underscore takeover. I will say it again: official underscore de underscore takeover. So please give that a follow as well. On that, it'd be much appreciated. Like Eric just said, we're up to nine hundred ninety thousand, um, uh, not followers, but hopefully one day. Uh, views on our one reel, so please, we're, we're trying to get that to one million right now, and it's, it's going to be exciting, exciting moment for us. A great, a great uh, milestone in our young careers, don't you think? But regardless of that, um, you can also follow us on Twitter. Our ads, are, our ad is called Ramit Our name is called DE Takeover. So please follow us on that. Also, we do have a TikTok. Um, it's called DE Takeover, and uh, we do have a YouTube channel, which is you guessed it, it's called DNA Takeover again. But um, <laughs> other than that, we do have four videos on that. If so please like and comment and subscribe to that channel and like and comment on those videos. And tell us if you guys want to see another video, DM, DM us on Instagram or whatever social media platform to give us ideas on what other videos we want to do. Either some punishments, either some challenges, whatever. We will try to do them too. We will look definitely consider them and try to do them. But um, other than that, uh, and if you missed, and if, basically if you go on the Instagram bio, Click that, that the link in the description. It will give you all of our socials. So, please, if you want to do that, that as well. But um, other than that, um, be sure to tune in on Monday to see our quote of the week, most definitely. Our NBA predictions, see if we get them right. Our, um... Oh, Eric, who's our NBA All-Star? Who we got winning? Totally skip that.
1: NBA... Oh, yeah. Um, uh, we got to write this down. I had to write it down for you, my guy.
0: All right, you go first. NBA All-Star? Team, I got Team LeBron coming out with the victory.
1: But, like, what do they go up to? Did they, do they go up to 150 again? Is it, yeah,
0: it it's, a, it's, a, it's scoring. I don't think we should just do scoring. I think we should just do teams.
1: Okay, so you got Team LeBron?
0: Yeah. And just give me, who do you think is going to be the MVP of the game? I'm going to go with, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm going to go with Giannis Antetokounmpo.
1: Safe pick, safe pick right there. All right. Okay, okay. Giannis M. Oh, I cannot spell MVP. All right. Um, for me, I got team. Oh my gosh! Should I just say Ke- team Durant just to like make it con- just contested? No, don't- you don't have to. No, I don't count for anything. I'm just gonna say team Durant. You know what I mean? Just because you said yeah. team. LeBron. I think team LeBron's gonna win, but like, might as well make it spicy. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and if team Durant wins, you know what really wants to happen? Um, this is the first Kobe trophy, right? Um, for the all star game, I think a lot of people are going to be playing hard for it, but I want to see Devin Booker win it so I was badly. That. Yep, I want to see Devin. Booker. I know he doesn't like the Kobe comparisons and he wants to be Devin Booker, but like I want Devin Booker to win that so badly, bro. I would love to see him hold that. I feel like it's
0: I feel like it's only right if he wins it, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true, 100%. But those are our picks, ladies and gentlemen. We almost forgot to do them, but we always catch them, but um. Other than that, be tuned in on Monday, like I said, for our quarter of the week, our NBA predictions, our all-star predictions, and um, also our big deal, not a big deal topics, and also our GOAT of the week for the NBA, because we still do those on Mondays. So check it out on Monday, so don't be late. Yeah, man, there it is. Um, did you tell them our, our social, like, what our Instagram was? Oh, our Instagram is, we want to get to know your co-host of the show. My apologies. My Instagram is David underscore Rod underscore 2 and Eric's is... Eric underscore Hines 16. Now we got everything, <laughs> so please follow those as well. <laughs> All right,
1: man. Well, other than that, um, David, well done, right there, man. Um, and without listen, man, we appreciate every single one of you guys, and that's pretty much it. That wraps up our 65th episode, and it's been your boy, Easy Eric Hines,
0: and your boy, the Oracle D Rod, and we're out. Peace. Peace. We're be able to